With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Palmerbet on the edge of the box. Oh, it's a straight up screamer. Download our app today and enjoy straight up screamers this FIFA World Cup with great odds, great promos and same game multi at Palmerbet. Gamble responsibly. For gambler's help, call 1-800-858-858. Great form by you hitting play on this podcast. Now, check out Same Racer, the brand new racing app for Same Race multi-tips. Same Racer. Download from the App Store and Google Play. Powered by Bluebet. Gamble responsibly. Call 1-800-858-858. Strong, healthy bones with Swiss Vitamin D 400 capsules. Now only $24.99 at Chemist Warehouse. And Kogan Mobile, New Zealand's cheapest unlimited prepay plans. Visit koganmobile.co.nz. This is Izzy and Kempi for breakfast on SENZ. Aotearoa, 31st of October 2022 on a Monday morning, four minutes past six. Hope you are doing well and feeling good to start your week. A big week as we look to round out October and move into November. Gee, we're not too far away. One more month and we'll be saying hello summer. For me right now, I'm going to say a big hello to Kempi up there in what feels like summer probably in the far north. Kempi, morning mate. Morning, Louis. Morning, boys. Yep. No, it's uh, it's not really summer up here, mate. Plenty of rain over the weekend, but um, still warm. We're getting there. Not too far away, Louis. Like you said, another uh, month or so, and be streaming out. The sun will be coming through, nice, nice and hot. Can't wait. We're right in that period, Kempi, where it's so, there's so much racing, it's every second day because it's the Melbourne Cup Carnival. <laughs> and So whether you're licking your wounds or counting your cash from Derby Day, well, you don't have long to do it because straight in tomorrow, first Tuesday in November, which happens to be the 1st of November, there's a quirk for you, and uh, the pubs will be packed come 5 o'clock. 
Man, it is such an event, isn't it? Yeah, the cup's on, mate. Um, yeah, pr- plenty of, like you said, plenty of uh, racing around. There's uh, Pukakoi too tomorrow up in Auckland. That'll be heaving with uh, Ellerslie still under under tools, you know, getting getting that track all sorted out for, uh, I guess, you know, it's going to be pretty exciting um, time for the Ellerslie uh, Racing Club. But, mate, it doesn't get any bigger this time of the year. The whole nation shuts down. Uh, I, just, I do remember being an Aussie, mate, when Melbourne Cup came around and, Mate, everyone just basically took the day off work. You know, you got the sweepstakes going, and like you said, uh, it's it's on steroids over there. Everyone's just having fun throughout any state um, when that Tuesday Melbourne Cup race starts. Yeah, that's right, Kimby. It's a different stratosphere, isn't it? And Izzy, he's, he's in the thick of it. He's lapping it up. He's right in the middle of it. We'll have a chat about the weekend's happenings in just a second. Um, Joe Neeps running the cutter today, doing a fantastic job. Putting the show together. Gee, it's good to be back on a Monday. It's, it's a bit different. I think my body clock, my weekly body clock's a bit off kilter, but I'm sure I'll I'll loosen up as we go on, Kimpy. And we've got a, a show where we're going to cover it all. Right now, Samoa are 6-0 up over France in the Rugby League World Cup. We're going to catch up with our man Drew Derbyshire, who did such a good job last time he was on the show. He's been given a call-up off the interchange again. He's the deputy editor at Love Rugby League, and he's got that big baritone voice, and he loves his code, doesn't he, Kempe? We were both very impressed with him last time. Yeah, knows his stuff. Knows his stuff, and, um, mate, it's been been a pretty uh, epic weekend of footy. Some massive scores, both England and... Uh, Tonga was a real surprise, putting 90 past Cook Islands. Cook Islands must have thrown the towel, and the old mate Kev Edel up there in the islands will be spewing that his boys uh, just laid down against the Tongans there. So um be good to talk to Drew, mate, see where he is. England, obviously, uh, they're, uh, yep, they're going very well. They're surprising everyone. They are indeed. They're going huge. Actually, some smart judges, including Sammy Hewitt here at SCNZ, thought that they're the team of the tournament so far, playing the best football. So I don't know how too many people that were tipping that to start with. We'll get Drew's take on it all. It starts to get a bit more serious now, doesn't it? And speaking of getting serious, well, you've heard it here on SCNZ. We've been so lucky to bring you the T20 World Cup commentary and like McCarty and Richard Peachtree, Peaches on Saturday night, Grant Elliott involved as well. The whole Aussie crew we've got together, well, they've been going fantastic. And last night, South Africa knocked off India very tight again, as most of these games have been, apart from the ones the Black Caps have played, of course. So that is quite important because it looks like the Black Caps, if they can um, finish strong against Ireland and England, there's a pretty decent chance we might end up top of our pool and India, well, they lost to South Africa last night, and it looks like there's a good chance that they might finish second in there. So how are we ready for another semi-final against India? <sighs> Far out. Thinking back to the world, last World Cup, it was tense, uh, the 50-over one, of course. So we'll take in some highlights from the weekend of cricket. After eight, Black Ferns Kempe. How good were the Black Ferns? We were up there, and Fang is on... Friday, given it all the attention and hype we could muster <laughs> between us, and we were pretty excited. And we spoke to Alana Bremner, we spoke to Rachel Burford, and they came out. Some of their running, their their running code, the balls through the hands, out the back, was just scintillating, mate. Yeah, look, it, it um, it's a good time to be playing that type of football too. You know, going and 
to their semi-final and final if they do get that far, knowing that uh, they have got that type of football in, in them. Um, whether whether or not they can produce that up against the, probably the two best defensive teams in the competition that they're going to have to face to win it uh, is yet to be seen. But you've got to be happy with the way that uh, things are going. Lots of lots of depth, you know. Lots of people find full positions. Um, what Wayne Smith does is he got something up his sleeve. We'll wait and see, but you know they're in the first semi. They're a step away from the final. And listen to Ruby Tui post game talk about um, what it means to run out there in front of her home crowd. You know that's the, the extra little one one two percent that they need to to probably get across this first semi um, against the French, and then you know England England look a different you know and different killer fish. Man, they look good too. So uh, it's going to be a good. A good couple of games, semis uh, coming up, and hopefully our gir- our girls can get through to the the major the major final. It all starts now, really, doesn't it, for them? And and like everything they've been building towards, just trying to fine tune it. Um, man, some of those changes in the back line really, I, I thought paid off. I think the connections were awesome, and just I was blown away every time by Porsche Woodman's speed. Like I've never <laughs> I've never seen Porsche Woodman at full flight and knock on whoa. Like she is so quick and just so explosive. So Johnny Hammond's up there in the UK. He's commentating for ITV and he's the founder of the women's rugby pod. Now these um this crew up here there, they're plugged in in their women's rugby. Much like Rachel Burford was, they are taking this in and they know how good their English side is. So as the tournament gets serious, we'll chat to him. And Mark Chittick, I don't know if you saw I Wish I Win, Kempe, but we were talking all about the Kiwis and what big race we were going to snag. La Creek ran a ran a massive fourth, just peaked on her run a little bit. Maybe the tempo was a, a bit too hot. She's lickety split was up there as well, setting that tempo with her lightweight. Uh, the Derby, sharp and smart, just wobbled around a little bit where he found the top. And we had uh, Manzois, the Waller trained our Manzor, come flying over the top with Mickey D, another Kiwi on board. Um, well, Mr. Maestro, just he had that wide gate to work from, got a drag into it, but the winner was just too good. And then up in Sydney, $10 million Golden Eagle heading to. Mata Mata to Waikato stud. <laughs> Those famous Waikato stud colours, which you know really well, Kempi, because um, I know Al's had some success training for the Chittix throughout the years and just, I wish I win, a different horse when he went to Australia. And remember when we spoke to Peter Moody and he, and he said this horse was going to win a big race and if he got him a little bit earlier, he could be a Cox Plate horse. Well, he's come out and he's won the Golden Eagle, which is a nice, nice race. And he did it well. Yeah, it was impressive. Good to see the uh, the celebrations too, Mark Chiddick, with the, with his uh, <laughs> his whole farm by the looks of it inside his house. Man, they 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 would have had a good night down there. He loves to have a have a good old tipple. Uh, does Mark Chiddick? But yeah, I wish I when I watched that race, very impressive, uh, especially given those shots that they showed on his Twitter page um, as a foal and his his bent front front legs. You know, didn't look like he was going to be, be any good at all. But then to go out and win the Golden Eagle. Um. Yeah, absolutely. I'm so I'm so happy for him, and just his comments and around what it means to him, um, and his workers, and how much they all invest in their in their horses personally is a is a is a great, uh, I guess, a great sign of of the man that Mark Chittick is. So, uh, well done to them, and and like you said, Louis, the yeah, the Kiwis, the the big ones, all the I look that um, man's voice that shot down the outside there. 
you know, I thought I thought uh, Roger Roger had got him home. I thought J Mac, you know, what did he ride on the weekend? He rode five, maybe five of the five of the first six seven races. He had winners. Um, man, the the kid's on fire, absolutely on fire. If you got you got him on your horse, he's um, he's going to give it every chance of winning. I thought he, I thought he got Roger's horse home. But wasn't to be what the Waller got. Waller got him on the uh, on that um, on that last bit of uh, the straight there. But you know, I, guess, I guess Roger would be pretty happy with second, um, knowing that he has got a good horse for the future. And and you're right across the board, the Kiwis are doing so well. Um, Lower Creek, mate, fourth. Yeah, you think first uh, first trip, trip over there. Probably going to pick up a good one, I reckon, somewhere along the line. It's just what, what do they set it for? I don't know. Well, the plunge was incredible. Like the money absolutely came steaming in. Um, probably off the back of J Mac, he just anything he touched, it, you were just crazy to be punting against him. Um, I don't know. Like she kind of, I, I actually haven't gone back and analysed the race completely yet. But maybe there was a really hot tempo, and she kind of got stuck chasing as the one to drag them up to it, and then she kind of hit that. I mean, Flemington's a big, gnarly track, eh? Like, if you haven't been there before, and they do learn a lot once they go there, she might have just hit her spot about 150 out, you know, her peak, and then she's just not being able to sustain that run. But she'll keep, don't worry about that, she will keep. Mark says, morning, boys. Uh, well, for one, I thought Pungol went okay. At least they know a bit more about him, and the experience will only help him. I like number 17 in the Melbourne Cup. Punt well. That is from Mark. Mark, appreciate your message there. And, yep, Pongo to start the day. Look, there's no disgrace in his effort at all. He was the third starter coming up against some really classy horses. And we did mention that a couple of times last week. You were getting a, a reduced price to maybe what his actual value was, Kempi. But he gave a hell of a side out in front. And he um, did himself proud. I think he ran fifth in the end. It would have been... I would have loved to be next to Izzy when... He hit the uh, hit the front by a couple of lengths in the two hundred, and uh, yeah. you're just thinking, keep going, boy. You know, but you know, in racing, two hundred meters is out from home is a long way, um, and they just, yeah, they just, uh, as you said, Lloyd, some some more experienced horses swamped over the top of them. Um, I've been reading all the comments um, on the socials about from the boys about uh, how they're feeling about the horse. They're all quite happy. And as you, as you said, third starter, um, lots to learn. Put up, you know, group racing. When, once you get up in that group that group territory, uh, you're up against it. And there's lots of, as we saw on the weekend, Ice Bath comes out, you know, oh. always in the money wins another one. <laughs> you're your um, old mate. Did you, did you back her? May I, I actually, I, I, um, I, I actually didn't even have a bet on the weekend. I... I watched everything, but I just didn't have a. I I didn't really feel like having a having a bet. I just sat down. Um, I just love sometimes watching all the good horse run horses run around, and when you're not too sure, and Ice Bath's one of my favourites. You know, when that came up and one was paying ten bucks, it's like, yeah, man, that's that's the one you should have been on. You're always backing them, and um, but it was just good to see this time of the year across the board. You know, every race there's something that comes out, and you go, man, these these trainers have got them, they've got them up for the right time of the year. So, yeah, I look up from from Izzy and them. Um, Izzy sent me a text on the weekend just saying, you know, like real happy, you know, been there, they got that one under under their belt, and uh, I'm pretty sure Chris Waller, look look what he does to his horses, mate. He'll have something planned for that 
horse and he'll definitely come back stronger. Um, so more experience and put you know put that one to bed and and kick on again. I I wonder I wonder what they're setting it for. Oh, it'll go for a spell now and probably come back in the autumn and. In the autumn, may, yep. maybe. Uh, oh, there'll be a nice mile. Um, yeah, I, I wonder. I wonder. I don't know what his best distance is, and, I, and that's for Chris to work out. And but there'll be a, look. There'll be a group mile race or a nice mile race on a Saturday at Randwick over the autumn, maybe through the championships if it's good enough. And um, oh, it's very exciting to even have a horse that can be racing in that class and running fifth in a group three on Derby Day. That's pretty. pretty I was telling my mates at the pub they were going. Hey, have you got any good stories about people you know owning like horses and making millions? And I was like, oh, not really, to be honest, because it's a bit of a victim's game. Uh, <laughs> but I tell you what, I do have a guy I work with who just got on his first horse and it ran fifth on Derby Day. And they're like, well, like at Flemington. I was like, yeah, it's Izzy Dag. And they're like, oh, <laughs> of course it is. Of course it is. So it's still a pretty cool position to be in. And, and Kempi, how's this from Pat? We haven't even touched on it yet. The Ferns are trying hard and doing themselves in the game. Very proud. I was confused with the All Blacks. Was I watching the All Blacks or the All Whites? I switched it off mid-second half. That's from Pat in Christchurch. I don't know what to do with it. Oh, mate. Oh, look, it's a... Uh... I reckon it's really sobering, don't don't you think that um, when when was a when is it that you think oh we're going up to Japan to to play such a tight test match like we're actually cruising up to Japan with the All Black side and um, there a shout the Jap- the Japanese as he was telling us you know he spoke to the co- the coaches up in Fiji saying they couldn't wait for us to get up there and how how right was Izzy? You know, they. I look. I was really impressed with Japan. I thought that um, money for jam on the I've, point I've, on the point start they tipped out, Kimpy. Oh no! And I'll tell you what. I'll tell you what. I don't want to give too much away because I've written off the back fence about the the All Blacks today. But I'll tell you who I am impressed with is when I look at it across the board, our coaches that are coming through, and I don't know what the New Zealand rugby have in, have in mind for the future, but their current coaching structure and the model that they use is outdated. That was confirmed on Saturday. Backwards even. Yeah, nice stuff, Kempi. I look forward to that. Oh, I, can't, I can't wait for that one. Uh, Joey, what have you got hanging around your neck, mate? Boys, I did it. I finished the half marathon. How good. And I actually, I ran 20 minutes faster than I expected. 20? 20 minutes faster, or 21 minutes faster than I expected, yeah. Well done, well Joe. Well done, yeah, Joseph. Nice, <laughs> well done, Joe. That is very good. Was it fun? Yeah, it was actually a lot of fun. I I loved I loved the rain. Like I I loved uh, the competition because I've just been running by myself and to actually like yeah you know, uh, run next to someone and think oh I can like I can go faster than this person and do it. You know, it's pretty intense. I, I loved it. Yeah. Well, full marathon next for you, Joe. Um, yeah. <laughs> you get you be one of those crazy people that get the bug for it and can't stop. Joe, you are a winner, out and out. Congratulations. There were plenty of winners this weekend. And what I need to do now is ask you the can't wait question of the day, which is can't wait question of the day. Who was your winner of the weekend? Who won the weekend for you? Double eight, double three. That's the text number on the Temper Bear Post text machine. But please pick up the phone and give Kimpy and me a call on a Monday morning. 0800 Who was the winner of the weekend? Did you back a winner? Did you see a winner? Were you a winner? 
Who was the winner of the weekend? Who won the weekend? Because there is plenty of sport going on. There's plenty of sport going on right now. United leading West Ham 1-0 in the Premier League. Samoa 10-0 up with a kick to come against France in the Rugby League World Cup. And Philadelphia leading Pittsburgh on Metalli 7-0 in the NFL as well. But who won the weekend? Come through and let us know. Here with Kemis Warehouse, great savings every day. 27 minutes past 6 o'clock this morning. Kempi, winners of the weekend. Uh, there's so many of them. We'll get yours in just a bit. But we've called for the calls and they have come because it was a huge weekend. There's a lot to choose from. Let's go down to Christchurch and work our way back up and start with Tim. Tim, morning, mate. Hey, Tim, how are you going? Very good. Morena, morena. Um, I thought the uh, All Blacks were average. I thought the Black Ferns were great, but I think the big winners of the weekend were, you know, the Black Caps to pull themselves out of the hole that they were in and and then bowl the way they did and smash Sri Lanka was, uh, was massive, you know, in, especially in terms of that tournament, you know? Yeah, I'd have to agree with that, Tim. I thought the intent with the ball, just to, like, after Glenn Phillips, the intent with the ball just to take wickets was epic, mate. And uh, they've set themselves up nicely. And I think Richie's on a similar line as you, Tim. Appreciate the call, mate. Always love to hear from you. Richie, how are you going on the Carpety Coast? Yeah, good, mate. Yourself? Yep, very good. Are you on the similar yeah, line yeah. as Tim? Yeah, mate. How good was it? Like just just seeing that the handy by Phillips and how like, how how he was so I don't know. He, you know, I takes it. There's no words for it. He he saved us and you know um, yeah. I think the other individual performance of the year or the weekend will go to Joe and uh, Roger Torvaldschek. I think RTS had a great game. Do you mean Joe Manu or Joe? No, no, you're Joey, mate. Joe, he uh. To be honest, mate, he's uh, actually inspired. I went out for my first run in probably over a year today. Uh, just listening, I went back and listened to a few shows, and uh, yeah, listened to how he yeah, how he's changed. And yeah, got up early this morning, went for a twenty minute run. So <laughs> that is so awesome, man. Joey, you're changing that is lives. So awesome. That's right. <laughs> That's right. And we're going to change plenty more too this month, Louis. Coming up in November, when you get down and give me those ten push-ups <laughs> on every break. <laughs> All right, boys. Look at Neeps. You won't be yawning, son. You'll, you'll honestly, you'll be, you'll have biceps and pectorials and trapezes. They got the whole lot coming up. Yeah. Can't wait. <laughs> it's so, that is so cool, <laughs> Richie. Thank you for the call, mate. Give us a, a yell again soon. There you go, Joe. You'll turn your life around to the point that you're helping others uh, get some exercise. Good for you, mate. And what Richie was saying, though, about Glenn Phillips is another text here. Glenn Phillips wins the weekend for sure. What a knock. And how about the sprint start position? The guy is full commit. I don't know if you saw it, Kempe, but he was on a level. And without him... It could have been messy for the Black Caps. So, oh, look, I'm grateful. And just to have him in some dynamic form is so important. Yeah. Look, I, I thought they went into their shell after they took the first three wickets. Um, but Glenn Phillips comes out and has that knock. You know, I, I, I guess there's always, when, you, when you're in those World Cups, there's always those stories, you know, that um, a player just steps up when you need it. Yeah. And I just think the Black Caps, they have those players that can can step up. We having a, we have the best thing about it is we're having a different name every week. We're not having the same person, you know what I mean? So um it goes to show you that they're all tuned in. There's plenty for me, Louis, on the weekend. Hayden Wild wrapping up the um oh. the Super League series. Is that um, right? On the weekend. I thought that was fantastic. He's great. We should get him back on. He's he'll be good good to talk to. We should. Uh I thought Jerome Hughes was outstanding for the Kiwis. 
absolutely outstanding. Um, but again, just a, a pretty uh, a bits a game for me. Bit of that, bit of this, just not really fluid. And I've got one more to um, before they get in, up against the Australians if they can get past Fiji. Um, but man, I'm going to give it to the Breakers on the weekend. I think the Breakers, after what they've had to endure, um, and I'm only saying this because with the Warriors season coming up, they should be having a look at what the Breakers are doing and how they've hit the ground running at the front end of the season because they're setting their season up in all the all the right ways. And to get another another win, they play their team. They played was on a four winning a four game winning tr- um, trot. So. They're just coming out, and they're they're surprising everyone, and they're they're flying under the radar. But we're starting to have to take notice because they continue to keep winning, keep winning. So um, be good to good to also talk to the breakers, but they get my my shout of the weekend. The ferns, of course, they were great, but I'm going to give it to the breakers. Yeah, nice, Kimpy. They look. They stopped that Jack Jumpers run, and they're back home in New Zealand, and the fans were loving it. There were some great scenes in Spark Arena. We got to go to a game, mate. We got to go. Yeah, we got to go to a game. They're so good. Those games. Yeah, completely agree. Let's go watch some hoops. Twenty-eight away from seven. Nice stuff. The Breakers. Double eight, double three. Who won the weekend? Keep your messages coming through. <laughs> Brian's come through. We'll get to his in a bit. 0800-150-811. Give us a call as well. want to hear from you this morning. Right throughout the morning, awesome news about Hayden Wild as well, clinching that Super League triathlon crown in Saudi Arabia. That is magnificent news. Here's Aroha with the news for Kubota. Together we're shaping and building New Zealand. SCNZ, we're 25 and a half minutes away from 7 o'clock now. Let's get some sports headlines. Throughout the morning, there's plenty to keep our eyes on, so we'll try and keep you updated best we can. At Bunnings Trade, helping business is our trade. Here to make your job easier because helping business is our trade. Samoa off to a good start, 16 zip over France, 30 minutes through. Manchester United are one up against West Ham. I thought I saw Ronaldo on the field. I thought Ronaldo was banned from playing at Manchester United. I thought they'd kicked him out of Old Trafford for good. Can a United fan come through on double eight, double three? Let me know what's happening there. Is he still actually allowed to play for them? Craziness. Right. Well, there was some good news over the weekend. We're talking about winners. Hayden Wilde's won. So is Shane Van Gisbergen and Kempe. He's wrapped it up. He's wrapped it up in good. supreme fashion. And you know how he did it and why he did it? Well, it's because he was edged off the start by Will Davidson. And it pissed him off. So he came back with a vengeance. Full of smoke. I was pretty angry after the start, how they let him cut the chicane. So I was pretty fired up and just sent it all race. That was awesome. So thank you so much to my team, Red Bull Ampole Racing. What a great weekend and an awesome way to seal the championship. Um, thanks so much to everyone. It, it means a lot. Oh, SVG, champion Kiwi. Um, you know, he's got his relationship made public. He's wrapped up another Supercars title. He's just living the best life. Good on you, Shane. Living the dream. <laughs> well done. And <laughs> talking about uh, the Breakers doing it hard, well, the Phoenix were in a similar boat. And last night, they managed to snare themselves a delicious little last minute. It was a couple of days ago. I shouldn't say last night. Uh, snare themselves a couple of late goals. One in particular, the Costa Barbarousas. And they tied 2-0 with Melbourne City. And it didn't look like they were going to. So that's a big away 
win in the sense that they got a draw uh, for the Wellington Phoenix. So well done to the Knicks. They're keeping their season ticking over nicely and Costa Barbarubasis in his 50th game for the Wellington Phoenix, by the way. Um, I feel like that's happened really fast. He's kind of got to that total. Anyway, winners of the weekend. There were that many of them. And Dave in Caracas says, I think the Black Ferns are the winners of the weekend. You can see the difference in the team coaches of how they're building a team and where the men's team has no direction and no chance of winning the World Cup. Have a great day tomorrow as well, Dave from Caracas. Yeah, they there are. I actually think that that's a good point from Dave. You can tell the difference in willingness to play between the Black Ferns and the All Blacks when you watch them at the moment. Yeah, look, it's a, it's worrying. And Jamie Joseph, with that comment that he made after the, the game about uh, heading up to England and playing a better team, you know, happy with the way that they performed against the All Blacks, I think was a shot across the bow of um, some prior decisions that were made in and around the coaching structure. So um, the aura has gone. I mean, if we didn't think that it was gone before they left these shores. I'm telling you now, to go to Japan and put on that performance, and I'm not talking about the All Blacks, the J- Japanese putting on that performance, in a stadium that was it looked so good, um, there is no more fear around this All Black team, and I never thought that I would ever see that day or ever say that. I think most teams now, Louis, are looking forward to playing the All Blacks. They're the first cabs off the rank in decades to come up against the side where they, they think they can get a win. Uh, that was just unheard of in, 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 my, uh, in my short time um, watching the All Blacks over the, over the past four decades. Yeah, look, I completely agree with you, Kempi. Um, man, I like, completely agree with what you're saying because you're right. There's no way you can argue that the aura isn't gone. And oh, just unthinkable about three years ago. Like, how's it happened this fast? Well, there's a golden generation of players that have retired and then there's a bunch of decisions made at the top table which have clearly not been right. The I think what pisses most New Zealand rugby fans off or rugby fans in this country is the lack of admission about it. Like, there's so... There's, like, this perceived arrogance around their performance, so that's just hard to swallow. What I was wondering was... um. Like Dan Carter and Richie McCall were over there, probably on a like a, mm. on a Mastercard junket, or I'm not sure, maybe with Japanese rugby, they'd got them over there, and they were in the sheds. And I saw some like really cool photos of the boys, like DC in the sheds and stuff, and with all the lads. But I just could not. I kept finding myself thinking, like, what are, what did Dan and Richie actually think? Because like I know you care so much about the Kiwis jersey. Like they care so much about the All Blacks jersey, right? And the the history and the prestige and what they did in it. Like, are they apathetic? Are they disappointed? Like, if you could actually get them truth serum, and they never would because they never because that's the the mark of it, right? You never criticise <laughs> the you, you never ever ever criticise the 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 jersey and the players like the code, the All Blacks code, and that's fine. I don't care. That's great. Good. Cool. That's sweet. But what do they really think? Do you, do you reckon? Oh, they'll be disappointed, but one hundred percent that um, knowing of of the of the effort and the and the blood, sweat, and tears that they gave for that jersey, um, they would think that. The, and here's my point: the caliber of player on the football field across the the thirty players that were out on the football field at any one time is chalk and cheese in my in in my book. It is, but the difference is 
that they have been overcoached and underdelivering. And I reckon, I reckon, the the arrogance of this All Black side sits entirely with the organisation and thinking that they've got this model that no one else can beat. They actually have to get innovative. The New Zealand rugby have to get innovative and they have to start looking after our own because what I saw on the weekend with the way that the Japanese played, the way that they attacked lineouts, the way that they defended, man, I'm telling you, the last time I watched the Japanese play, they never defended like that. The way that they, they threw the ball around and and got to the outsides of the All Blacks with overlaps on numerous occasions, I was just going, where is, where is all this coaching um, genius coming from and you have a look at the coaches and you go oh of course they're from, it comes from New Zealand I reckon I know what your off the bat fence is going to be about and it's going to I think you're going to go down the lines of the whole succession planning doesn't work anymore you need to be innovative in the way that you find the coaches and I, I think you've gone somewhere around that route and I hope it is mm. um, uh, hey, hey we got to go because we've got to get Quizzy Dag on the other side Joe can you just t- check our socials it looks like the Philly captain's tweeting at us so, is he? I, I wanna, he wants back in. He wants back in. Can you, can you, it looks like the Philly captain wants to come back on the show. Uh, Brian says, boys, the winner of the weekend is the All Blacks followers because Sam Kane's coming home. Cheers, Brian. Yeah, thank you, Brian. Very grumpy. And I hope okay. Sam's okay. His very sore face, a cheekbone fracture is never nice. So I know you don't mean any ill intent there, Brian. 18 away from seven. Quizzy day coming up. We've got $50 TAB bonus bet. And with the Melbourne Cup tomorrow, you will want it. Come on, take on the Kemp Master. 0800 150 He's ready for you. Warm those shoulders up, Kempy. This is how you do it. Quizzy day come play it. This is how we do it. Quizzy day come play it. Quiz is on the line. Just one at a time Don't Google a lie Phone a friend, you'll be fine Just listen for the signs T.A.B. with the prize 50 bucks if you wise If you're wrong and then we'll say goodbye This is how we do it This is how we do it Quizzy that come play it Quizzy that come play it 0800 150 811. Now give us a call. Yeah, here we go, guys. We've got the quizzy dag on. Kempi's running the cutter today. Louis's going to give the clues, and we're going to go sh- get straight into it. We've got Tim on the line. No what clue. in it, Tim? There you go. <laughs> yeah, good, mate. Here's question number one. Jake Paul has shocked the world and beaten one of the greatest MMA strikers, Anderson Silva. Name one of the two fighters Jake called out. After his win. Oh. Um. Don't know. Uh, Think about the best. Yeah, the best. Like he's an idiot. For, he's an idiot for doing it. Like he's a genuine idiot. Um, yeah, they both knock him out. Kimpy would say, <laughs> you got rocks in your brain, mate. Yeah. Um, Tyson? Oh, <laughs> yeah. that's good to know. Like not, not quite, a little bit smaller. Unlucky, Tim. We'll go to Anton in Auckland. Anton, who Kilda. did he call out? Kilda, mate. Who did Jake Paul call out after his win over Anderson Silva? Name one of the two. Uh, Nate Diaz. 
that'll do. And Canelo. Hey, did um Silver take a dive? Like, what happened? I didn't see it. Is it? Did he actually beat him? I didn't see it. Neeps? <laughs> um, he got knocked down in the eighth round, so Jake knocked him down in the eighth round, the really slick three-punch combo, and then won by uh, unanimous, unanimous decision on the judges' scorecards. He is 47. Anyway, <laughs> let's go to question number two. Portia Woodman dotted down for two tries in the weekend, making her the top try score in Women's Rugby World Cup history. How many tries has she, caught, she scored in her two World Cups? Uh, 20. Pay it. Good work. And Ton, yes, here we go. The Breakers had a great win in the weekend, beating the Jack Jumpers 94-62. What is their win-loss record in their eight games of the season so far? Six and two. On a heater. On a heater. The tour of Southland got away at Queen's Park in Invercargill yesterday. Name one or two Kiwi cyclists that won the tour in the past two years. (laughs) (laughs) And if you've been been listening to the show, we're saying this guy's name all the time. Oh. Oh, I just got up. Um, Can I have a clue? No, that was the clue. Five. (laughs) Um, Look. Let's go, uh, Aaron Gates. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> You're too good, Anton. Can't beat this guy, eh? <laughs> yeah, can't. He's awesome. Hey, he's, he's okay, here we go. This is, for the, this is for the Melbourne Cup winning bet before becoming an actor. What sport did Jason Statton compete in in the 1990 Commonwealth Games? You've got to be kidding Strentham. me. Statham. 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 Jason. It's domestic. Oh! <laughs> <laughs> is it what's his, what is, I know who you're talking about is it Statham, Statham. yeah Statham. he's that big Statham, hinch sorry. ball guy <laughs> yeah the driver the, the driving guy yeah I know yeah, that one yeah 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 yeah, yeah <laughs> let's go to Lammy and P Naughty oh hey, no Lammy oh, morning no, Lammy no. morning no, Lammy how are you brother <laughs> here you go brother, you've had plenty me, of time what did he do what what did what what did the actor Jason Statton, Statton what sport well, did he compete in in the nineteen ninety Commonwealth Games? Actually, <laughs> been watching those films lately and googling them too as well. So I think it's diving. <laughs> 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 oh, what timing! <laughs> what timing, Mammy? Hey, Mammy, who you got? Who do you like in the Melbourne Cup? Mate, honestly, I don't know. You give me, you, you literally give me a tip, and I'll, and I'll go for it because I really don't know. Oh, I don't know. I've got no clue. It's a terrible race. Yeah. Listen in in the morning. Oh, my lucky number is eight anyway. Yeah, yeah, number eight's my lucky number, so I'll take that. Oh, it's as good as any. well, that's the favourite. As, as any. <laughs> De- De- Devale legend, but you can't be back at, at $3.50. <laughs> it's short, but it is the favourite, Lammy. So, look, if there was fate, that, that could be very fateful. Well done, mate. P Naughty wins the quiz, goes to the regions. Palmerston North, um, Awapuni raced in the weekend. There was a couple of nice ones to follow. Providence provide a very nice winner down there. She'll go down the line to Christchurch for the carnival. Yeah, Jason Statham. What's he in? What's his? What's he actually? A Transformers? Is that what he's famous for? Like, what's his 
Fast Transporter. and Furious. Transporter, yeah. Transporter or Transformers, sorry. Tran- <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's what I meant. Trans- Transformers? Yeah, it had a trans in it. <laughs> Transformers. <laughs> that, is, that is so good. That's as good as sausage. <laughs> it's not, uh, how, big what about that? How much did that get? How much how much years time did that get? I had, I just I happened to just check the socials on the weekend. Sydney have put it as their Oh, moment play of the week or moment of the week. Moment of the week. <laughs> <laughs> and I had a mate from England text me and he goes, mate, that is gold. I can't stop laughing. I was like, yeah, well, at my expense, enjoy yourself. Big snags for big boys. Very good sport, Kempi. Very good sport. We'll wrap up the hour after this, give you some uh, sports news headlines as far as the live sport going on around the world. Uh, two massive announcements, Kempi, just coming up to 7 o'clock. You, you've asked and you, you've deli- we've delivered. Uh, tomorrow we'll get Hayden Wild on the show because he's flying and he's won that Super okay. League. So we'll get our mate Hayden Wild on the show. And then next hour, in about 45 minutes, you know who we're going to get on the show? Come on, tell 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 all the punters who you got. You know who we're gonna get? The Philly captain's coming back for a World <laughs> Series update after the weekend. Are we going? Can't wait. <laughs> we come back to the Philly captain. Um, look, Manchester United are about to beat West Ham United. Samola uh, laying the smack down on, Samoa, on France, but not a bloodbath just yet. And here's Aroha with the news for Kubota. Together we're shaping and building New Zealand. Support strong, healthy bones with Swiss Vitamin D 400 capsules. Now only $24.99 at Chemist Warehouse. And Kogan Mobile, New Zealand's cheapest unlimited prepay plans. Visit koganmobile.co.nz. This is Izzy and Kempe for breakfast on SENZ. Four minutes past seven on your Monday morning. Went through every day of the week in my head then before I settled on Monday. Because Izzy's in Melbourne and I'm here with you, Kempe, like the good old days. How you doing, bro? Yeah, I'm all good, mate. I'm looking forward to it, actually. I'm looking forward to the week, especially Movember. Movember. Oh. <laughs> We're moving it this week uh, and for the month. I can't wait. Boys are going to feel real good. In 31 days' time. So, talk us through this. We're doing, because you went on the drive show on Friday and declared our challenge. We are doing how many press ups a show? Well, we got uh, three five minute breaks an hour, so we're doing 10 push ups in every break. That's each one of us. So, I've got uh, some push up bars I'm bringing in. It doesn't seem like a hell of a lot, but when you get to the end of the day, you'll have done close to 100 push ups, so you'll start to feel it a bit. And I said to the the ladies on the drive show because we've got Kim Kim <coughs> Kim and Kirsty that they allowed for the first week to do 
um, girly ones along with Beaver because he does girly ones too on his knees uh, for the first week. And then they've got to get out and do full push-ups. So, um, yeah, mate, it'd be good. It's good. It works out. It's a good good body workout. does the whole body, the core, the whole lot. It's going to be good for Joseph on the back of his 20-odd Ks that he can run now. Mate, he's going to look like a beast come summer when he rips on his budgie smugglers walking down the beach. Oh, no. That oh is terrifying. <laughs> that is a terrifying <laughs> thought, Kimpy. Um, yeah. He looked like Arnie Schwarzenegger. <laughs> I, I don't know about that, but look, I'm worried for my. Look, I don't. Anyone that's ever seen me in the flesh knows that I'm a pretty slight frame, and I. How's this? Now, this was nearly fine of the week at our footy club. You, you would have had smart blokes like this before, Kimpy, um, when you were coaching. So at training on Wednesday night, you know, we're doing our last drill for the, you meant to be the polish drill. It's kind of like the captain's run to finish the training, no drops, you know. And so some young bloke pipes up, well, why don't we do press-ups for every time we can't complete the drill? Oh, no, that's the, honestly. 20 press-ups. That is the worst, that is the worst uh, punishment because you end up doing a thousand of them. Mate, because the more we did, the worse we got because our arms got heavy. We ended up doing 120. Worst part, he rolled his ankle about five minutes into the drill and was over on the sideline while everyone was doing them after he piped up. It was so bad. So he copped a big fine at the pub last night. Connor Speros. How dare you? Six minutes past seven. We're about to catch up with Drew Darby. Jared talks of Rugby League World Cup. There's always one, isn't there? But there are a couple of texts here, Kempe, uh, to get to just before we catch up with Drew. Come on, lads. Back the boys. It was a chance to try a lot of different combinations. This is talking about the All Blacks in Japan. And blood a few boys in and get some footy for a couple that are returning. So you'd expect a few things to not gel together, but that is exactly what an end-of-year tour is for. That's from Ted. Oh, yeah, look, I, and I agree, Ted. I, I think um, we all know what the end-of-year tour is for, but I just want you to just dive into your history books and, and you tell me whether or not your expectations of an all-black side going up there, whether it's a, a team looking for combinations or not, should be held that close in a test match against Japan. What we're saying is that I think I think this, this goose is cooked we're uh, we're not as feared as we have been in the past, and it doesn't matter who we put out there. We, we're coming up against it every time we now play a test match. I don't care who it's against. Yeah, it's uh, is a you made the point about the aura not being there and the fear factor. It's so, such a good point, Kimpy, because like they were licking their lips from a mile away, and so was. Remember, we caught up with. Uh, who do we catch up with? Ex-Scottish international. Name just escapes me. Um, when we were talking about... He was on the Barbarians Yes, board. that's right. Yep. Um, name just escapes me. So apologies there. But that was probably three months ago now. And he was already licking his lips and saying, Scotland genuinely think this is their chance to beat the All Blacks. Well, I th- you know, going up, going up on the Northern Tour, I think they all... You're dead right. The, whether it's Scotland... Ireland proved that um, not only can they beat the All Blacks, but they can win a Test series down on New Zealand soil. You go up to Japan, you, you you're fighting for that whole 80 minutes to to get that one in the in the bank. And then um, look, I just I don't I don't care who it is at the moment, Louis. I think everyone's sort of rubbing their hands together, and you know the it's it's the aura is gone, but the prestige of that black jersey and getting it sort of putting it down in the memory banks is the team that beat that great all-black team 
You know what I mean? That's and what players are thinking. They're thinking, you know, man, I get a chance to beat the All Blacks. Can you imagine every Japanese person while well, that stadium was full, where but the players especially going, well, this will go down in history if we can actually pull it off. Oh, and look, I actually thought they were going to for a minute there towards the end. Mm. Of, when they had ascendancy, well, they made him fight for it. They no. made him fight for it the whole way, big time. Uh, Brian Tottle's just gone into score. The Samoans are thirty-eight zip up now over France, and his haircut, by the way, is terrifying. He's already fast and big enough, but his haircut is terrifying. Another couple of texts. Thought RTS played well and is up to All Black level, but would at best be number three on the list. He's a really great option off the bench, though. That's from Peter Mack. Okay, Peter, that's good. Glass half full on, on Roger Tuivasa-Shek. Anyone else? Double eight, double three. the Temper Bear Post text machine, or the Kennard's higher phone line is there. What did you make of Roger? So he got some extended time on the field, which is really good. Remember, when you call through, you could be our caller of the month and win a Oklahoma Joe's Blackjack Charcoal Kettle Grill, which is pretty exciting. So feel free to give us a bell. If Jamie and Tony Brown can do that with Japan, imagine them being in charge of the All Blacks. And Jamie is correct with his comments. Ian Foster just needs to coach. Don't bite back or make silly comments. It's not a strong point, Ian. That's from Kevin and Titarangi. And what Mm. Kevin and Titarangi is... Uh, alluding to there is these comments made by Jamie Joseph which were flat out hilarious because it's a big troll and it's funny because it's true the key for us is to really go to England now and replicate that performance against a better side here's what Ian Foster said in reply nicely mischievous isn't it it's uh he's obviously very happy with a close loss and and he should be proud of his his team's effort but you know we'll take the win and move on Mischievous or true, Kimpy? <laughs> it wasn't. It wasn't that part of Fozzie's comments that was quite funny. It was the next part where he says, "We'll take the. We'll, he must be happy with the close loss." <laughs> Meaning, like, mate, have a look in the mirror. We're the ones who won. It's the. It's the old. It's the old adage when you're out there playing and say, "Mate, have a look at the scoreboard." You know what I mean? So, um, bit of banter between the two. There is some. There is some. Uh, I guess some history playing out there in those comments, but for me, I look. I think the proof was in the pudding. Like you give, I think if you give Jamie Joseph and Tony Brown that All Black team, they don't get Japan gets nowhere near them. Yeah, I think that's that's what I'm thinking. I mean, you, the, the way they were coached and drilled was pretty spectacular, Kempi. All right, it is 12 minutes past 7 o'clock right now, and look, we're really lucky because he's on the clock, he's working, he's doing uh, some a wonderful work as the Deputy Editor of Love Rugby League, and we'll just cut straight to it because Samoa are 40 zip up over France, and Drew, Derbyshire, I suspect you're at the game, are you, mate? Yeah, I've, I've literally just had to, to come in, into the little concourse area here at the Alamo Jones Stadium in Warrington to, uh, to, to find a quiet room to chat to you guys again. Uh, Sam, we're in complete control against France. Well, it's great to have you on the show, and we really do appreciate you making time for us. You that's very, very it's great commitment to some New Zealand radio, mate. It's <laughs> breakfast time over here, and Samoa are uh, serving up some Smackdown, which Kempi will love. Um, they need a big performance, don't they? Because some of the other favoured teams are really starting to put a hole in the competition. Yeah, well, a, a win for Samoa in this game, and it, and it doesn't look like they're go, going to be losing this one. Uh, now, let's face it, but a win for Samoa will uh, set up a quarter-final clash with the Pacific Neighbours uh, Tonga uh, next Sunday in, in Warrington as well. So, 
Uh, I assume that'll be a, a massive game for, for both nations. They, they kind of both dislike each other, but they, they have so much respect for each other at the same time, don't they? Uh, so it's, it's going to be a good one uh, in Warrington next Sunday. They're in complete control against France, as I, as I said. They needed a big result uh, on the back of that thumping by England just a couple of weeks ago. Uh, they, they got a good win over Greece last week and, and now they're, they're performing well against France. So uh, it looks as though Samoa are, are hitting the straps and, and they're coming into the form at the right time of the competition. You did right, Drew. They are hitting their straps the last two games. It looks like this one against France as well. Um, they've put that one to bed, that first game against your team, the Englishmen. Hey, what do you what do you make of the last week? Like The English look really slick. They put 90... Um, past the last team that they played they've they've just yeah, they, they, been the I think the form Greece team yesterday. of the competition yeah I think Greece it was. Oh, I think yeah. they they're just the form team of the competition how how's everyone up there feeling about the English team I think there's plenty of optimism uh, to be quite honest with you um I remember a couple of days before they played Samoa up in Newcastle uh, and I don't think there was as much optimism for for England in this tournament I think a lot of people were thinking that England had a weaker squad than, than what they had in the last World Cup in 2017 where, where England played Australia in the final um, over in Australia and, and lost uh, 6-0. Um, so I, th- I don't think there was that much optimism. But then then again, uh, they went into the Samoa game as, as underdogs. Uh, the bookmakers had them as... Uh, had Samoa as favourites um, going into that game. But England, England showed Samoa up, didn't they? And... And Samora littered with NRL superstars. There's a lot of optimism uh, surrounding England now and, and this team that, that Sean Wayne's built. Sean Wayne's been a, a magnificent coach over in Super League uh, with with his hometown club Wigan. Um, he's, he's not in a coaching comp- capacity in clubland anymore, but he's he's had a. I think he had eight great seasons at Wigan. Won it all with them. Uh, they beat Cronulla in the the World Club Challenge in 2017 as well. So. He enjoyed a lot of success with Wigan, now the England head coach, uh, and he wants to bring uh, the trophy back on, on English soil. Um, I think they, they have been the form team, but I also think uh, that Australia and, and New Zealand have also been very strong. I think Australia, I was, I was at the Australia-Italy game last night where they blew Italy uh, off the park. Australia have almost scored 200 points in three games in, in the group stages, and, and they're in the quarterfinals against uh, Lebanon uh, next week. So, uh, the, the quarterfinals are shaping up to to be brilliant. You've got Aussie up against uh, Lebanon, as you said. Michael Checker, um, the Argentinian coach in rugby, gets a shot at the Kangaroos, which is really interesting. It looks like um, Mel Meninga's put Nathan Cleary and Daly Cherry Evans together in the halves. Who who do you think, if they were to get through the final in Australia, were to get through the final two, who would you prefer to play, Cleary at half, or would you would you prefer to play Cherry Evans at half? Oh, this is this is so, uh, such a tough question, and, and Mal Meninga was actually asked this, this question in his post-match presser yesterday, and I don't even think he knows which half-back combination he's going to go with. I mean, it's it's quite uh, a healthy selection headache to have, isn't it? When, when you when you get to pick out a Cameron Munster, Daly Cherry Evans, and Nathan Cleary as your, your half-backs, you, you're clearly doing something right in the game. Uh, I'm, I'm a massive Nathan Nathan Cleary. Fan, I think it's his his time to to step up. But then again, when if if Meninga picks uh, Cherry Evans, then uh, I don't think he'll disappoint him, will he? Uh, the the three of the best halfbacks uh, in world rugby league at the moment. So I, I think whoever the Kangaroos go with, uh, they won't be let down. And 
I think uh, if, if it is an, an Australia England final, uh, it, it's going to be interesting to, to see who comes out on top. But I was on this show a couple of weeks ago and I tipped the Kiwis to win the World Cup, so I'll, I'll have to stick to my guns, I think. <laughs> yes, you will, because we've got long memories, mate. We've, we've got flightless birds, but we've got long memories, so don't you dare, Drew. Um, hey, we, we have long memories, and that's why we still have PTSD when we see Fiji in a quarter final. Um, what do you reckon Fiji's chances are and what is their mentality if they are to do it again and knock us off yeah I, th- yeah, I think it's going to be a, an uphill battle for, for Fiji if I'm honest I've been really impressed with the Kiwis in, in their opening games in the, of the group stages uh, I think their toughest test came against Lebanon didn't it in, in the opening round but they, they kind of brushed aside the Cedars with ease uh, so I think that the Kiwis have got uh, more than capable of going all the way. Uh, I think they've got arguably the strongest spine in the competition along with uh, Australia. So it's going to be interesting to, to see how it plays out and whether Fiji can, can kind of weather the, the storm that New Zealand will throw at them. Uh, New Zealand have got a very strong pack, haven't they? Uh, and I think we all know that. So it depends if, if Fiji can match that in the first 40 uh, and kind of ride the wave and, and try to cause an upset in the second half. Is there an upset, Drew? Is there an upset? Can Papua New Guinea cause an upset? Um, have you seen enough? You know, they've got they've they should have I thought won that first game against Tonga, but have you seen enough from them to come out in their quarter final and cause an upset, or do you just think it's a lay down Bazir and, and you guys just walk through them? I don't. I certainly don't think it's a walkthrough uh, for England by any means. Uh, I, I think. Papua New Guinea are a very strong team in their own right. I've been impressed with the halfbacks, Kyle Label and uh, Lachlan Lamb uh, in this tournament so far. I've, I've seen quite a lot, lot of Lachlan Lamb at Lee this season. Uh, he helped, along with his fa- father Adrian, of course, he helped uh, Lee gain promotion to Super League. So he, he's been a tremendous uh, player for the Centurions and now uh, turning into Lee Leopards in, in 2023. He's, he's been a, a fantastic player. He's continuing his good year uh, at the World Cup with the Cummels, I, I, I'm not going to say I'm not going to bat them for an upset because I'll be backing against England. But I certainly think that they're capable of beating England. Uh, they've got a strong pack, and England will have to deal with that, especially in the the first uh, half when the Cummels will be throwing a lot at Sean Wayne's side. Um, but yeah, uh, I th- I'm going to back England for, for that one. Uh, uh, I hope you can forgive me. That's fair enough, mate. You've got a healthy respect for uh, Papua New Guinea, but I think that makes perfect sense. We know the powerhouses are, mate. We'll let you get back to this game, 44 at the moment. Thank you so much for taking the call right now, live out of the World Cup. Drew, we absolutely love having you on the show, mate. You're a wealth of knowledge. Appreciate it. <laughs> it's a pleasure as always, fellas. Have a, have a good day. There you go. Drew Derbyshire. I uh, love rugby league. You can go and read his good work up there. Um, Kimpy, there's a couple of texts for you before we get off around the Rugby League World Cup. I think that they should move Joey Manu back to the centres. Chance Nickel Clocks had to fullback and Marshall King to start. During the NRL, Roosters supporters criticised Joey when playing him at fullback for having too many touches and disrupting the halves. I think he's doing the same, says Ted. Yeah, and it's, uh, you know, when you, when you are having those clunky performances, it is you know, normal to think that you need to change the side back around. I, look, Joe Manu is best at fullback in this Kiwi jersey. I think what they need to, need to do is get through Fiji, have a really good hit out with Jerome Hughes and and, and uh, Dylan Brown again in, in half of 5'8", and, and we'll see a different Joey Manu. So well, I don't think 
I, if you saw watch the game on the weekend, Joe Marty's you've got you've got to have him at that back. You've got to have the ball in his hands as much as possible. And if you move him out of that left edge, um, Louis, you're going to lose you're going to lose that. So leave him where he is for me. Yep, nice, Kempi. Well answered. And Craig, I think Craig needs to have a couple of puffs on the old inhaler and just calm himself down on a Monday morning. Kiwi winger Jordan Rapina wearing pink boxes visible at all times hanging out of his Kiwi black shorts. What a disgrace. He needs to be sorted out, Kempi. AB's foster must go. Craig and Tauranga. He's come off the back fence, isn't he, Craig? Like, yeah, mate. Well, pink boxes, white boots, that would never happen in my day. <laughs> <laughs> You're sort of out, wouldn't you, Kimby? 21 minutes past seven, Rugby League World Cup. Oh, we love it. And it's just getting heated up this week. Uh, after this, Kimpy's off the back fence. He's talking all blacks. You're not going to want to miss this one. Here with Kimmer's Warehouse. Great savings every day. Off the back fence with Tony Kemp. After watching international rugby this year, does anyone agree that maybe time has passed? the current coaching setup at New Zealand Rugby. On Saturday night, it wasn't the score that surprised me, but the innovative approach to coaching Tony Brown and Jamie Joseph displayed both on defence and attack. Look out how far Japan have come. So why are we allowing other countries to enjoy the spoils of our next batch of coaches? A new approach must, I say must, be taken when the next all-black coaching structure is determined. For me, there has to be a move away from the old model and the likes of Brown, Joseph and Robertson have to be given a shot at taking the reins. Can the New Zealand rugby see what everyone else sees? Or are they so blinded by an old-style pale male approach that they would rather stick with an old Clydesdale than jump on the next best stallion? If the All Blacks are ever to be great again, then one of the first moves must be to change the integrated appointment methodology for coaches. Imagine what those new coaches could do with the talent we have here in New Zealand. Off the back fence with Tony Kemp. Yeah, well, I don't know how many World Cups Clydesdales have won, Kempy. That is brilliant. That is, that is brilliant. Clydesdales, yeah. Well, when you put it like that and, and you look at... So, like, back when we were just on a charge, right, Graham Henry and to Steve Hansen, like, I could kind of for a minute get the logic of then going to Ian Foster because it was working, we were winning, right? So stick to your processes. Eventually you have to innovate, but stick to your processes that you know make you the world's best team. Well, how about the processes now which have put us, taken the fear factor out of us to the point that Scotland and Japan think that we are, well up for the grabs, to be honest. So now things have to change, right? You can't keep doing what you're doing. So if um, if this kind of, uh, what do they like to do, go to the assistant coach, the old, well, next cab off the rank, get them in the system, if they still try to do that after this World Cup, that is a huge red flag for me that these people aren't fit to run the organisation. 100%. You know what I mean? Like, it takes a lot of luck in, co- in coaching. You, and you have a look at look at the luck both Steve Henson and Graham Henry had. And the players especially that were out there doing the job for them. So, you know, they get a knighthood on the back of it when these guys that are running around, arguably some of the best players that we've ever seen in an all-black jersey, go out there and, and show their wares and, and create an aura where everyone struggles to get a, get a game up against them. At the moment, for me, Louis... And I saw this on the weekend. It's the first thing I saw when I was watching the game was how innovative the coaching was. With a, with a, with a, I'll just say, you know, I'm, I'm trying with a Clydesdale Stallion approach. 
that's what we got. We got a bunch of stallions running around in the corral, waiting to be released, and a, and a bunch of Clydesdales on the other side, being given some good food and some and some good training. And they and they and they and they're showing the wears. And you know, if they don't change the the current methodology around um, how they do this, well, guess what? I I just I reckon everyone will just keep lining up, ready to play the All Blacks. I, I couldn't agree with you more, Kempe. This is a, a lovely Monday morning just to be in here and here you're making so much sense and uh, there's some good texts that are coming through. I'll get one before we head off to the news with Kubota together with Shaping and Building New Zealand. I know that Foster said that Jamie Joseph was being mischievous. My God, Ian Foster is literate. He can't even pronounce the word properly. It's mischievous. So that is to the point from Carlos. That is as how frustrated the fans are that they're now getting grammatically... Well... <laughs> I don't know, it's a Monday morning, maybe you need the inhaler as well, Carlos, to calm down, but it's like, this is the point, they are so frustrated now that every little thing he is doing is pissing people off, and it's a sad place to be, but something, the chain needs to be broken somewhere, 29 away from 8, after this we'll get more of your texts, also do the choices for him, poll. SNZ 27 away from 8 o'clock. Congratulations, United. You got the dub over West Ham. Samoa 54 right now over France in the Rugby League World Cup. And the Philly captain, Kempe, is coming back for more to update us on the World Series action from over the weekend in about 10 minutes' time. Get ready to laugh. <laughs> <laughs> He's going to sledge the Astros fans into orbit. Um, before we get to the choices for him, poll. I have to get to some of these texts because you've hit a nerve, Kempi, and I knew you would with this. Guys, what if we lost the World Cup but kept the assistants and changed the head coach? Or do you think it has to be a total wipeout from Brenton? Total wipeout, right, Kempi? Oblivion. Yep, get the broom. Sweep it. And, I, mate, I, I think there's a, a definite innovative way to put it together, but get rid of the old. And you know what, Louis? Not just the coaches. Get rid of the people that have been selecting those coaches. Come up with something, a new, whole new model. Hi, Kempi. That All Blacks performance last night was embarrassing, or two nights ago was embarrassing, with all around 12 changes to the starting 15 to play Wales at Millennium Stadium in front of 75,000 with players who haven't played any rugby for six weeks. I can see three losses in a row coming. Rob? Yeah, I can too. 100%. I think I think Japan have just legged everyone up onto the, onto the stallion. <laughs> they, they're waiting for the Clydesdales. Uh, hey lads, well said, Ken P. Wayne Smith, can please, could he please coach the Ferns and the All Blacks? The Ferns <laughs> are playing back. a great brand of rugby. It's unpredictable and exciting to watch. The All Blacks, on the other hand, are slow, boring, predictable and very beatable. To be honest, I found myself losing interest in the Japanese All Blacks game. On the other hand, I watched every second of the Ferns game. Go on the Ferns. That's from Tim. It reminds me of a, you know, it reminds me of a, a coach I used to have that told me not to ever use my step again. And just to run and get tackled. Excuse you know me. What I, you know what I'm saying, Louis? Like, you can actually do that to players. You can take everything away from them and get them to play a, a stale game, mate. And I and I think that's where we're at at the moment. We need we need good coaches to coach it back into our players. One of our good old pals, Megan, uh, bloody well said, Kempi. So over the excuses and poor rhetoric that is communicated. But hey, at least our girls are showing all of the class in the world. Up. The Ferns. Cheers, Megan. Appreciate that. Um, appreciate that, Megan. Like to hear 
from you often. And um, there's more there, Kempi, that we'll get to throughout the morning. But right now, come on, Joey. Oh, what's this? Oh. Oh. Is it Jaws? Is it? Something scary. Oh, it must be Halloween. Ooh. <laughs> so the is flooring pole today. We've prepared... Oh. We've prepared some scary headlines for you, Kempi. So go to the go to the SCNZ app. Get involved. Go to Izzy and Kempi for breakfast, the stream, and have your choice. Floors for Living Sale is on now. Choices flooring. Trick or treat time, guys. Which one of these gives you the heebie-jeebies, these fake headlines we've made up? So these are fake before you need the <laughs> inhaler again. But if they were to be real, which one freaks you out the most? Portia Woodman, out for the semifinals. Ooh. Glenn Phillips, pulls a hammy. All Blacks lose to Scotland. Joey Manu decides to play for Cook Islands. Izzy Dag stays in Melbourne. <laughs> the last one's a possibility. <laughs> what one of those is the scariest headline you can imagine. That's our choices flooring poll today. Actually, we had a couple people say, get up, Pungo, how did he go? Um, he, I missed the race. Ben, he ran a huge fifth, mate. He was very good. Very, very good, but just couldn't quite get the job done. Go into the SENZ app and have your choice on the Choices Flooring poll. Kempi, what one's most terrifying? I imagine if Joe Manu represented Cook Islands, you'd probably be happy, but you'd also be sad. Oh, I would be, and I'd be really happy if he if he played for the Cook Islands. I think, you know, that her- heritage stuff is really important for international cricket. Mate, currently, the, sad- the saddest one and the horror of it all would be if they lost to Scotland. <laughs> for me, yeah, yeah. Like, like I'm a, I'm a dead set All Blacks fan. Always have been. I, I grew up playing rugby. You know what I mean. So, um, that black jersey is what I wanted to to wear before the Kiwi jersey. And I'm like every other kid growing up. When you see All Blacks not performing that well, you get really disappointed. So, um, I know the Scot Scottish are, are sitting up there waiting, mate. They'll be. They're not. They won't roll over. I can guarantee you that. So, uh, yeah, let's, let's just hope it's not a horror show. Uh, I agree. And I tell you what, it would be, wow, it would be terrifying if Portia Woodman got injured. It would be terrifying if Glenn Phillips got injured after his unbelievable century you heard live on SCNZ Saturday night. How good do Peaches and Daniel McCarty go on the commentary? Um, we'll take some of that in before the end of the show, I promise you that. But 22 away from eight after this, we need to go catch up with our man. The Philly captain, because the World Series of Baseball was underway. The Phillies stole a road game, and the Philly captain's going to tell us all about it after this. You're listening to SENZ. It's 21 minutes away from eight. 16 away from eight o'clock. All right, we've got so much to get through today. Um, there's, well, winners out of every kind of part of the world and jurisdiction. from Garcia. Real Muto shoots one in the air the other way. Back goes Tucker at the wall. It's gone. Real Muto starts the 10th with a go-ahead shot. He tied it in the 5th. He gives him the lead in the 10th. And from down 5-0 to lead game 1-6-5. 
Oh, and they went on to win it to steal game one, the Phillies, Kempi. And you know who was the happiest man alive? The Philly captain. And he's on the line now. G'day, captain. Hi, boys. How you guys doing? <laughs> We're so good, mate. Better to, better to be speaking to you. How was your weekend? It's been a well, I'll tell you. It was good. The Philadelphia Phillies won a game. Never doubted them. Always knew they would win. But uh, listen, I got to let you boys know the Houston Astros were caught cheating three times already in this series. Uh, this is not a joking matter. They were using illegal bats. They are using sticky stuff. One of their players leaned into a pitch and the umpire said, hey, you're cheating. Get back here. I've never seen that happen before in the history of baseball. They are they are trying their best to steal this World Series, and I need the world to know we cannot <laughs> allow this to happen. I watched that. I watched that, Captain. I watched the, the stuff come on about the bats and um, and the illegal uh, bats. Just t- just tell us your take on those bats. I know they've been used all year. How come now they bring out and say that they're illegal? But why? You know why? Because uh, the Astros are using them, and everything they do is illegal. So whatever they touch, I tell you, they, I don't think those bats were used in a decade, is what I heard. And they're dangerous. They break very easily. So he was trying to have his bat break and hit one of our Phillies players in the head. I guarantee you, that's what they were trying to They were trying to murder us on the field. <laughs> Hey, Captain, it's actually interesting you use that word, which we don't throw around lightly, but Malcolm's text us here, and he said, can you ask the Captain whatever happened to the wild thing? Mitch Williams. Yeah, well, whatever happened to him? Well, I'll tell you what, he became a minor league um, baseball coach. He is, uh, his, his son is now a Texas football player. He's really into his son's career. Uh, he actually is a lovable person in Philadelphia. He owned the bowling alley for a bit, um, and even though he gave up that home run in 1993, in which that time I wanted to, you know, I don't know, no, I, I, not hurt him, but yell at him a lot. Um, but no, now he's a lovable character. We all love everybody uh, in Philadelphia, like old baseball, except for Pete Rose. He's a creep. He did bad things. Hey, hey, Captain, look, you went down in your first one. You got you pulled one back away against the Astros, so you won one leading into a couple of that you've got at home. How are the Philly fans looking, mate? Have you What's what's the go on the streets there? They they looking forward to the Astros coming to town? Do you know what happened after the game yesterday? We all watched the game behind the Phillies' ballpark. That's how me and my friends watched the game. And after the game was over, I noticed all my friends, we all had our heads held high. One, we're not cheaters cheaters and two we knew we know listen to this we know we are going to be a factor in the next three games of the world series i know personally i am going to have an impact on one of these games i am going i listen i may be the mvp of the series because the philadelphia fans are going to they're just you have no idea all the players on the Astros are going to need therapists. We are going to destroy them. 
Philly, Captain, you are giving me so much faith that we should just be punting the hell out of the ash, uh, the Phillies, sorry, right now. We should just be backing them to the cows come home. And, mate, you, you go back 1-1. They needed – but talk me through this. I was listening to a couple of podcasts, and because of the way that it sets up, so it's 2-3-2, two, two, right? You pretty much yes. – you really need to steal one of those road games, don't you? So you've done that. Job done. And now, you know, if you get hot at your own ballpark, I mean, you know where I'm going. It's over. Hey, we ain't going back to Texas. Nobody who plays for the Phillies wants to set foot in that garbage state ever again. So what we're going to do is we're just going to take the three games. Yeah, you steal one game um, in the first series at the other ballpark, you have a very good chance of winning the World Series. You're not, especially game one. The visiting team's not supposed to win game one. And I'll tell you the truth, we weren't supposed to win that game. There, There's just no quit in this Phillies, and they don't give up. Hey, Captain, what's the go-to What's the go-to food? I know the Texans love their ribs. What's the go-to food in Philly cheese when you're going steak. there to watch your... Oi, mate, how dare you? Yeah, it's a cheesesteak, of course. <laughs> it's, it's a cheesesteak. Um... I'll tell you what else we do. We got a nice roast pork sandwich. You get a nice roast pork sandwich with a broccoli rob. And a, uh, we got a good Italian food. Uh, we have the best tacos in America in Philadelphia. I don't, so, uh, I don't believe just, that. I'll tell you what. We we just we got the best food in the world in this city. Not the world. Maybe you guys got the best. I'll kiss up to you. Maybe you guys do. <laughs> I'll, you, but I'll, tell you, I'll tell you the truth. Nobody's talking about New Zealand cuisine to me. <laughs> 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 You're talking to the wrong people there, mate. We'll get you some fish and chips, and you love it. Hey, Philly captain, good luck, mate. So tomorrow you'll be there. You got your tickets sorted. You got your tailgate sorted, and we'll talk to you in a couple of days, eh? Uh, listen, you said every win, you every win. So I'll be talking to your boys in two days. Go Phillies, right? <laughs> <laughs> very, very good point. <laughs> Let's go! Come on, boys, wave those rally tails. Don't give up on us yet. The Astros are cheating, but we will win. Let's go, Phillies. <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's, uh, he's the Phillies' answer to the mad butcher. <laughs> you know that? With his cheesesteaks. With his cheesesteaks. How good. He even sounds like Pete. How about the Philly captain trying to say that they've got the best? Philadelphia is the best tacos in America. About oh, I don't know how many hundreds of miles away from the Mexican border. That is unbelievable. But that's what he is. He's, He's pa- great. He loves his state. Oh, very good. That's the captain. World Series one one. Yep. Astros coughed up game one. Then they pinch back game two. The next three all in Philadelphia. We are eight away from eight. We've got some text messages here we'll get to. And I'd also like to give you some Black Caps highlights as well. SNZ is three and a half away from eight. There was so much winning over the weekend. And gee whiz, the Black Caps needed a hell of a performance from their man, Glenn Phillips. Let's take in some of that commentary, Kempe, because Peaches and McCarty, they were on a heater Saturday night. Round the wicket to Conway, who's bowled! Wonderful bit of bowling from Dunanjaya to Silva, holding that one back, and Conway's a mile through the stroke. He looks absolutely bemused and baffled. An arm over the wicket, he continues, and he's an edge taker! There is the third! Williamson goes! 
Here's Phillips hitting one high over deep backward squares. He got under it. Has he got enough on it? Oh, that's over the rope. Over the advertising hoardings. And dropped by the Sri Lankan fans. And there we have it. The first six of the New Zealand innings. It's a short one. And he pulls it away. Backward and square. Down to the fence for four. Glenn Phillips, you are magic. 102 of 61 balls. Right arm over the wicket, goes short, but Santa goes back and somehow hits him over, point four six. 163, yeah, Sodi's run out for one, they've just changed the score, 163 for seven. Southie gets a low full toss outside of off stump and drags it over mid on, and it's going to go down to the fence for four. Tim Southie puts the exclamation point on the innings. A boundary to end proceedings, and New Zealand, after being in massive trouble at 15 for three, thanks hugely to the big arm giant that is Glenn Phillips have got through to 167 for the loss of seven Oh, McCarty brilliance on Saturday night calling it for SCNZ and Glenn Phillips well he used to do 700 press ups a day in his hotel room Kempe wow yeah it's, that's why mate that's why he can hit it so far <laughs> He's huge. <laughs> That's crazy. Seven hundred a day. He used to do. He used to do. He broke it up right. So he used to do like. Um, he t- came on and told us he used to do three sets throughout the day when he was in isolation just to keep himself sane, which made him sound completely insane. And he, and then so the Black Caps got a win. And JJ's made an interesting point here on the text machine. In a weekend when our sports people and teams won nearly everything they competed in, including the Black Caps, you're focusing on how we didn't win well enough? Find some joy, boys. Winning the game and we did it well. Kiwis, Black Ferns, Black Caps, ABs, yeah, righto. How awesome is this place pumping out the winners? And JJ, you do make a good point. We had a, we had a massive weekend, Kempi, but you still can't overlook how dysfunctional that All Blacks operation looked. Look, the, the Kiwis... Um Across the board is so good on the world stage. Yeah, but we're not talking about that. We're talking about how in the past and what the future looks like of this, you know, we're only talking about one sport, which is the All Blacks and and the aura that they've had. So, um, JJ, yep, happy they won. But, you know, you've got to ask yourself how long are they going to keep winning on this current structure? And after the news, Kempi, we're going to talk Black Ferns, JJ. So we're going to champion some of our champions, the Black Ferns, with Johnny Hammond. He's an ITV rugby commentator out of the UK, has a women's rugby podcast, is so plugged in. We'll ask him how hard the English are going to be to beat in the World Cup. Here's Aroha with the news for Kubota. Together with Shaping and Building New Zealand, this is 8am. Start your weight loss goals with the Opti Slim range from Chemist Warehouse, now starting from 5 dollars And Kogan Mobile, New Zealand's cheapest unlimited prepay plans. Visit koganmobile.co.nz. This is... Is Izzy and Kempe for breakfast on SENZ.
Hey, welcome back. We're four minutes past eight o'clock. Just after uh, we've had a big morning today, including the Philly captain. Always so good to catch up with our man, the biggest Philly supporter in the world. It's the 31st of October. Tomorrow's the first Tuesday of November, would you believe it? So, it's Melbourne Cup Day. Louis, your Melbourne Cup pick. Oh, you'll have to hang around for tomorrow's show for that. We'll be doing a lot of form throughout the day today. Kempi will get his binoculars on as well and try and find us one. He loves these big days. Richie has come through. And yeah, this is sad news, Richie, that we're just learning that Shane Reid, a New Zealand triathlete, he actually went to the 2008 Beijing Games. I think he finished 34th, I just read. He has passed away, reportedly brain cancer, and he's young, uh, not even 50. It is really sad, Richie. So I appreciate your condolences to the Reed family there. Um, Sil has come through. How about your old schoolmate, Louis? Ben Oliver, the tour of Southland. Yellow jersey after prologue of first stage around Invers. Leads by seven seconds. Not bad for a mountain biker. Yeah, like the Oliver boys, Craig and Ben, absolute freak shows. Those guys could just go all day, so I'm not surprised he's up there. Well done, Ben. See if you can hang on to it. And Kempi, we've had so many messages about your take on the All Blacks. And, and just going back to it, you're just kind of starting to question where, and this is off, you're off the back fence if anyone wants to go to the podcast channel and hear it, just questioning the, the strategy and finding coaches when we've got stallions all around the place. Well, all around the world, eh, Laurie? Yeah. You know what I mean? And we're going to lose them to, you know, nations that are actually lining up to uh, to play the All Blacks. And, you know, as we saw against Japan, Jamie Joseph and Tony Brown, they do quite a good job at, of of that when they get the chance. And I think they need to change the their methodology around how they select in their coaches. The current model, I think, is outdated. So, um, yeah, watch the space. Well, there's plenty of discourse there that we can get through for the next wee while on the All Blacks. But as JJ points out, what about all the winning we did over the weekend? And the Black Ferns, well, they lined up Wales. They knew they had an assignment to do. They wanted to work on their set piece. They wanted to get some ascendancy in the forwards and let their backs play that attacking brand of rugby. They have been known to do so under Wayne Smith. Right now, it's a pleasure to welcome into the show. He's an ITV commentator. He's founder of the Women's Rugby Pod. He does a lot of work in the space. Plugged in as they come. It's Johnny Hammond out of the UK. G'day, Johnny. Thanks so much for dialing in to Zen Kempi for breakfast. Absolute pleasure. Good morning, gents. How are we? Oh, we're doing super, mate. Very good. And we're loving having the World Cup on our shores. Kempi and me were up in Whangarei. We actually had Rachel Burford come and join our show on Friday morning. And isn't she a wealth of knowledge on all things women's rugby? Are you enjoying the tournament? Yeah, oh, I'm glad, glad you've had the pod wife on. Um, that's great. Um, yeah, it, it's, it's been brilliant, hasn't it? Um, just just from, from previous tournaments that, that I've been involved with, just the the engagement, the involvement, but yeah, but most importantly, the, the standard of play and, and the difference between the, the score lines. Yeah, there are some big score lines out there, but yeah, compared to, to previous World Cups, you know, that's come down sort of 10, 15 points in previous years. So, no, it's been uh, it's it's been a brilliant tournament so far, and uh, yeah, we're really getting going now in the in the in the final four. Hey, Johnny, Rachel said to us on the weekend the biggest improvement improvers were Canada. Um, and you've seen the, the World Cup pool games. We're going in the semis this weekend. Do you think the Black Ferns, France, Canada can upset the favourites, England? Any one of those sides? No, I, I, I think for, for a long time it, it's been England's to, to, to lose. Um, 
yeah, for, for some fairly obvious reasons of, of uh, professional athletes uh, and that kind of base level, as you would know, Kempe, you know, that, that base level of professionalism, whether that be fitness, time together, understanding of each other, yeah, that base level of England is, is significantly higher than, than everybody else's. That's not to say that on the day, home crowd, New Zealand, some very special very special players. Um, you know, Ruby too is, is lighting it up, isn't she, um, on and off the field. Um, Portia Woodman is, is just an exceptional form. Um, Ray DeMent, I thought, was, was exceptional at the weekend. Just goes about her business very, very um, you know, quietly and industriously. Um, but, you know, look, I, I think... England will 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 get past Canada. Um, I, I I don't know what France is going to turn up. I know that sounds like a, a, a cliche with, with the French, but I don't think they've really recovered since Lausanne-Sous, um their, their scrum half and sort of heartbeat of the side got injured very badly in the, in the first game. Um, I don't think they've really recovered covered since then. We've not really seen a, a great performance from France. Um, and then, yeah, they come off the back of the autumn from, from beating the Blackburns yeah, quite handsomely twice. So, um, yeah, that's the one I'm not too sure about. I, I think England will, will get past Canada, um, but, but it, will be, it will be very physical and, and brutal. What will France target? I mean, the Blackburns have come on leaps and bounds. They've changed the way they've played completely. Uh, I think Wayne Smith is probably close enough to his final 15 now. It's taken him a lot to work out who that is. But I think that they put their hands up across the park in the weekend. But what will France be targeting and where will they be looking to stop the Blackburns? Um, I, I, I think when you, when you look at that, that, that back line from, from the weekend, um, you know, I mentioned a, a few players a moment ago. Stacey Fleuler is in there as well, Fitzpatrick. Uh, and you can't, can't forget, of course, Kendra Coxage, um, who, yeah, playing in a, in a, in a final few games. Um, but it's all very well having that back line. You, you need to have the ball. Um, I, I was hugely impressed with the significance of improvement from, from the Blackburn scrum from the, from the first Wales game to, to the second. Um, but but I think it, it's that set piece area. I think France have got a huge physical pack, um, and and I think they'll they'll look to keep the ball away from New Zealand, kick kick very sensibly, uh, and, and play territory. Um, so I, I think keeping the ball away from from New Zealand as as great as it sounds. And again, yeah, that that defensive line we saw France do a very very good um, technically a very good job on 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 England. Uh, and England's driving line out. They all need a, a similar sort of intelligent defensive performance against the Black Ferns. Again, pressuring pressuring the All Blacks at everything that they do. Um, and then when yeah, when, when France do have the ball, they will have to be as accurate as you know, the, the most accurate side in the tournament, which is the Black Ferns at the moment. Um, so they'll need to be very accurate when they do have the chances. But yeah, keeping the ball away from the All Blacks um, and when they do have it, it's huge, huge physicality in, in pressure defence. Hey, Johnny, I've noticed with the Rugby League World Cup going on up in the UK at the moment, um, the, the, the English have come out, you know, they'll be close to favourites the way that they've been playing up there. And I've taken into account that the grounds and the, and the shape of the football field are playing a big part in the way that the English are playing and the way that the rest of the teams are struggling. Have you noticed down here in New Zealand any difference, whether it be the crowd, the, the grounds, the way that people, especially our Black Ferns, um, are playing compared to when they came up on that Northern Tour last year? Is there, is there a, a difference that benefits the Black Ferns? 
Yeah, I, I, I think I think Hughesdale. I think a, a, any team playing at home. Uh, you just referenced the, the, the Rugby League World Cup. Um, any team at, at home just stands a little bit taller, don't they? The chest just goes out a little bit further, um, and I think you know that that, that certainly does help. We, you know, we saw when Australia rocked the the Black Ferns in that that opening game, uh, and the crowd got back behind the Black Ferns. One score, the volume goes up. Score again, the volume goes up again, and, and I think. Yeah, the, the connection to to the fans is is something that's very very important within women's rugby, um, and they they have a huge amount of time. You'll you'll see players an hour hour and a half after the game still outside um, around the park, still signing autographs and taking selfies and all the rest of it. And I think the Black Ferns in particular, you know, with a with a strong Māori uh, contingent uh, and a strong connection um, to to the people and the land, I, I think that you know. That they are plugging into that, and I think, yeah, that that is a that is an advantage. Um, will it be enough? Um, has Wayne Smith done enough in time um, to to compete against you know? Let's finish. It's England and France, isn't it? The the, the top two in, um, in and around the Black Ferns. So, ha- have they done enough, even with a home crowd? Not not sure. Certainly against Sarah Hunter and you know, sort of her, her England side. But no, I, I certainly think that the Black Ferns have a have a big advantage. Um, and the crowds when the Black Ferns have been playing have been very good. Just let's hope there's, there's no more, you know, all black tests planned for for the, for the women's <laughs> game. <laughs> let's not go there. I think I think we're clear. I think we're clear. Um, yeah, I think they're playing. I think I think Cardiff works out that we're we're getting up at four a.m. this week. So unless they want to um, keep Eden Park lights on, which Helen Clark won't like, I think we're in the clear. Um, get off the fence, Johnny, before we let you go. Who meets England yeah. in the final? Uh, I, 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 I think it's a rerun of, of previous finals. I think it's England, New Zealand. I think that's probably a safe bet. And also, uh, you, you, knew, you knew who you're speaking to. Very wise man. <laughs> Appreciate it, Johnny. We, we hope <laughs> yeah, so. Yeah, I, look, I, I, just, I truly believe that'll be the best final, and, and we deserve to see it, because it's been a great spectacle. You've covered it beautifully from up in the north, mate. Hopefully we can get you down sometime soon. Great stuff. Cheers your time, guys. There you go. Thanks, Johnny. Johnny Hammond, uh, founder of the Women's Rugby Pod. He works very closely with Rachel Burford. He's commentating it for ITV. And Kempi, if they can get parity in the Fords, Porsche, Stacey, um, Ruahe, uh, Ruby Tui, that's where we can do the damage. But it just you can't do it without parity or close enough to in the Ford pack. And I guess it's still just the massive unknown within an experienced form pack. Like Amy Rule was awesome in the weekend. Mm. Um, oh, Alana Bremner, huge, so industrious. But I guess it's t- until we play France, we'll get a better line on them. But until they face, if they make it to England, we just don't know. Yeah, it's a real pity that we're playing France in the semi final. Um, because what you're going to see on the weekend, and, and, and this is what I was alluded to with. Johnny around you know when we're watching the the English team up in up in the UK when the when the Kiwi girls went up there on that northern tour they're packing out stadiums you know what I mean and our girls weren't really used to it and then they've come home and all of a sudden our locals have gone out and supported this World Cup they've, they've packed it out and the difference here Louis is what you'll see is that that gives you this you know this wonderful inner feeling that when you're out there on the football field that you've actually got to really put in 
and I think you'll see that this weekend against the French, and the English will, will, will get a... I'm, I'm backing our ferns to win that game against the French, and I think what the English will do is they'll get a, a little bit of a shock and go, man, we really have to lift up a notch um, if they can get past Canada, obviously, in, in the final, and I think it's going to be a wonderful couple of weeks of football. Um, but yeah, look, we might lack some, some inexperience, but don't take away what it actually means for these girls to be running out on their own home turf. They will they will put some some type of effort in that will shock a few people and even themselves. I'm I'm gonna pick Eden Park double header Saturday. Oh eight hundred hit one five oh eight eleven. The Kenard Tire phone line. Who is going? Who's gonna be there? And what do you expect? Double eight double three. But give us a call on that Kenard Tire phone. I would love to hear from you. Eden Park. Oh the double header. The the Black Ferns have the later game. The place should be rocking. Um, oh, it, it'll be a huge spectacle, and I don't think there's too many tickets left. I know that they were starting to get a lot of interest. Right, a couple of text messages before we round off, head back, come back with some TAB odds for you. A lot of those players last night, a couple of nights ago, played them out of a spot in the team. We're talking the All Blacks here with tacked back to the men's side of the sport. They're just not at international level. Note at the end of the game, Jason Ryan looked absolutely filthy despite the win with the rest of the coaching staff were shaking hands and smiling. I actually did notice that, Brad. Love Joseph's dig at the All Blacks saying England are a better team. While he's not lying, is he? Um, Cam says, morning lads, I couldn't agree with Kempi more today. Out with the old Clydesdale and Foster and in with the new Pungo of Razor. Wouldn't fully sweep the assistance as Jace Ryan has shown is worth actually you know what, Cam, I overlooked that Jace Ryan was there. He will stay, and he has had it, had it confirmed that he will stay. Showing his worth at the time he's been there. One of the biggest takeaways I got from the Japanese game is the value of Sam Whitelock. Seems to be every game he doesn't play, a set piece doesn't click. Cam from Blenheim has been watching footy, and he is smart because our line-out was a rabble without him, Kimpy. Wasn't it? Wasn't it? But not only that, the Japanese line-out was sensational. Are they actually genuinely good? Well, they genuinely co- they genuinely coached well. Like they a- had an answer, I, and I really like that. They just they didn't go into it just with a with a guessing game. They knew exactly what they were doing. When did Mark Ellis score? Uh, what World Cup was it when he scored eight tries against them? It was two, it was uh, ninety five? Was it um, not that long ago? Eh? That's, so- that's what I'm that's what I'm saying. I'm saying in, in ninety five. So that's my that's what I said right at the beginning. And my my time over the last four decades. 95, you know, I'm in my 20s then, so in the last two decades, Mark Ellis scores nine tries. What yeah. is that our expectation now, that we keep it within five points? Yeah, so he scored... How far have they come? So he scored six tries against them in that 95 World Cup game, and we put up 100 and whatever, a cricket score on them. And and as you say, like, what happens in another 20 years if we keep regressing like this way? Are they going to be putting up 100 points on us? Like, like, the, like I, don't th- I don't think it'll be that bad. <laughs> My tongue's in, that's tongue-in-cheek comment. But, like, do you know what I mean? Like, the regression is quite concerning. And then, because you, you couple it with the progression of the other nations around the world, right? Um, and how's, how's this from Mark? He's found us an omen bet today, Kempi. <laughs> Mark has found us an omen bet. Surely the boys tip out Kaikoura trots today race two number one Philadelphia Philly after the madman you just have had Cad calling in take the 440 now on Wales Mark yeah well look that's not a bad bet Mark uh, the 440 to be honest I don't know much about Philadelphia Philly but she's got the one gate so she's in the one marble um, 
and maybe she could get to the front and bowl along like the Philly captain, hey? Maybe he's he's flying out here to get in the sulky. Wouldn't that be something? All right, we're here with Chemist Warehouse. Great savings every day. 20 minutes past 8 o'clock. We'll talk some TAB odds after this. 25 minutes past 8 o'clock, one day away from the first Tuesday in November. It's come nice and early this year. First of November, it is. And it's the Melbourne Cup, race 7 Flemington, 5 p.m. on the schnout. And Paulie Moati at tab.co.nz will tell you one thing. Get your bets on early, people. And don't come crying to us when the freeze is up because a million people are trying to have a bet at the same time. Right, Paul? That's exactly right, Louis. Um, we say it every year, um, bet early to avoid disappointment. But we get a huge rush in that last uh, 10, 5 minutes in the lead-up to the big race. Um, and the, the system just struggles under the strain at times. So... Uh, bed early, get your bets on and sit back and hopefully uh, make a wee bit of a collect or two. So, yep, you're right on the money there, Louis. Bet early. I mean, I've got no idea who's going to win it, Kimpy. Like, I have zero idea. It's a, it, Well, I've smarter people than me have said it, so I'll just repeat them and then take no credit or blame. It's one of the weaker Melbourne Cup fields <laughs> we've ever had. <laughs> yeah, it's a pretty tough one, Paulie. What do you, what do you got? Um, as far as some specials in there, you got any anything, any juicy odds that we can be looking at? Well, the bookies have put together a do-it-yourself power play for the Melbourne Cup where you can um, combine up to five horses in the race um, and get them to either finish in the top ten, top five, or win. I love this. Um, so it, it's sort of like, a, it's, for all intents and purposes, it's like a same-race multi. Um so, yeah, find five horses or up to five horses um, and you can take them to finish top ten, um, top five, uh, or even take one of them to win. Um, and then you'll get a little uh, multi put together um, and you'll be cheering them home. So if you're like Louie and you, you know, you, you're not sure who's going to win, but you've got a feeling, I think there's a couple there, two or three that might finish in the top ten, another one that might finish in the top five, you can multi them all up in the race. Uh, and sit back and, and hope that they uh, they come through for you. That, um, that the boys have put that together. I think they released that on Saturday. Yeah. No, no, Sunday. No, so yesterday. They I, would have done it yesterday, of course. I had a play on it yesterday, and I tell you, I'll give you one. I'll, I'll say I'll say one thing. I'm I would not be having Montefilia out of your top five because I I didn't realise this. Outside of Animo, she's won. And Nature Strip, obviously. She's right up there as one of the uh, leading Group 1 winners at Wait for Age Racing level in Australia. She's won four of them. And I think it's because she picked up those two in succession as as a filly. Uh, You kind of forget about that. She's flashed home in Caulfield Cup two years in a row. The only thing is that you're asking a mare to do too much to carry 55 and a half. Wow, very elegant. Uh huh. Not the same sort of horse. But she handles the wet. She handles the sting out of it. And maybe Montefilia out of uh, the local hopes is the one. I'm surprised that Jewess is at $26. She is friendless, drifted from 18. She's definitely not the worst, even though she was pretty flat this prep so far. And then, I mean, the three-year-old from Europe, the the Raider, $3.50, I think you can wait and you'll get a drift. That seems very short, doesn't it, lads? For a three-year-old? Yeah, well, 
he's looking to do a cross counter, isn't he? Um, but very, 55, very 55 kgs, what a cross counter carry. 53, wouldn't it be much more than that, would it? No, I don't think it was. Um, so you're right, 55, a big, big weight for the uh, to carry round, but um, does have form on its side. Um, and they don't bring him over for a haircut, Louis. They're here to win the Melbourne Cup. But I, I agree with you. I think we will see a, a drift on race day. So if you do like number eight, Doville Legend. Wait, wait, um, wait to bit late. Talk about a contradiction. Hey, Paulie, I've got a question for you. How much money did yeah. the TAB take off Punga on the weekend? <laughs> oh, come oh. on, mate. Here we go. You must be sending Kempe's us some sausage. You must be sending us some sausages on Tuesday. <laughs> Kemp, he's, he's asking a question he already knows the answer to because he was part of the the plunge. Hey, I'll, I'll, I'll repeat myself. I've said it once. I'll say it again. You never ever accuse us of not being good for turnover. Okay, we <laughs> we, we we do our bit. All right. Um, thank you, Paul. Are you are you back on deck tomorrow? We can have a, another good look at the cup. Yep, it's a busy day tomorrow. I'll be there. Good man. Um, Adam says he's jumped on Luna Flair, lads. Let's see how she runs in the big one. Yeah, Luna Flair, definitely not the worst. Graham Big, sharp trainer. Mickey D's riding his lights out at the moment, Adam. So um, she'll be in my selections for certain. R18, gamble responsibly if you're going to have a flutter on the Melbourne Cup or anything. Of course, they're racing at... Pukakoi tomorrow, Kempi. Let's chat a little bit about that after this. Mm. Here is Aroha with the news for Kubota. Together we're shaping and building Aotearoa. Uh-oh. I nearly forgot. <laughs> it's Halloween, everybody. Um, you go trick-or-treating, Kempi? Well, it depends. Depends tonight. Um, yeah. Yeah. No, probably not. <laughs> no. <laughs> what does it do? what does it depend on? And if you go to if 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 any um like kids around the St Mary's Bay area go trick or treating, what do they get from you? Some big bangers? I get a big bag of lollies. I get a big bag of old lollies. <laughs> Give me those lollies here. <laughs> a big bag. No good for you. A big, yeah, very good. Very good. Uh, look, choices for your poll time. It's Halloween, so we're rocking a, a heebie-jeebie freaky choices for your poll. What it is, these are fake headlines. Don't be tricked by them, but which one gives you the, the absolute spooks? Porsche Woodman to be injured. Glenn Phillips pulls a hamstring. All Blacks lose to Scotland. Joey Manu switches to the Cook Islands. Or Izzy Dag stays in Melbourne. I voted for Izzy Dag stays in Melbourne. I had my choice. Because we need to get him home. Otherwise, he never, ever will come home. Um, <laughs> but an equal favourite. Porsche Woodman injured and All Blacks lose to Scotland. So I see why. I mean, both terrifying things. We lose to Scotland. We've got to, I mean, I don't know. I, I keep saying we've got to have a good hard look in the mirror, but how many more times can you do it? And if Porsche Woodman goes down, 
Well, we'd all be absolutely stuffed. So, look, they are fake headlines. Don't be tricked by them. And that was your Choices Flooring poll. Uh, for Choices Flooring, of course, um, obviously none of them will actually happen because we're not going to talk them into existence. And Kempi, tomorrow, we're going to catch up with Mark Chittick in a bit just to talk about I Wish I Win. Tomorrow, you're a chance of having a runner at Pukekohe Park, maybe? Yeah, look, I'll make a phone call later on this afternoon. Um, Louis, just, we've got just asked me going around again in, a, in an open um, race up in, wait for age up in uh, Pukekohe and on Melbourne Cup Day, which is quite a cool thing, actually. Um, so, but just depending on the weather, I guess if it dries out a little bit too much today and tomorrow... Um, whether or not he probably does run. So Alan will make the call on that, as he always does. But I've had a look at the field. He's, uh, I think he's third favourite. Um, you've got uh, Sullivan Horse in there that's, uh, I think, the top weight. And then there's another one down carrying 55. Uh, just, just escapes me off the top of my head, which yeah. opens his favourite. You'd know it. So you got Defibrillate at 380, taking cash straight away, and that ran a third and behind, just ask me, last start. Then Cheaper Than Divorce. The cheaper Than Divorce, that's right. Roger James, Robert Wellwood, mare. She's a good mare as well. She stays. So look, this is over 2050, so the 2,000 metres. It's the Belmarino Stakes. It's a Group 3. It's a really nice race, and it's for 110K, so it's not insignificant prize money. Right now it's listed as a heavy track, Yimby. Yeah, so let's just hope, hopefully hope it stays that way. I'd, um, it's yeah. It doesn't. There's not a hell of a lot of wind around, so it's not as if it uh, is going to dry out in a hurry. But you know, a little bit more rain today will help, and there is a little bit on the radar uh, whether or not it gets it gets dumped there. Um, yeah, that's anyone's guess. So I guess we'll just be playing it by ear, Louis. But if it's running, I'll be able to tell the tell the team in the morning, and uh, I'll get some bully off Alan this afternoon. But you know, just ask me. He's, Tough as they come, mate. He ain't going there to, to, to sit around. He does go there to sit around the back when he jumps out of the <laughs> gates, but he doesn't sit there at the back when it comes to the finishing off races. So yeah, uh, he's uh, he's always worth a decent bet. He'll be rattling home, 100%. He never runs a bad race. Um, loveracing.nz, you can go and have a look at all your replays from the weekend up there and try to find a winner. Tomorrow, Kempi, we might just have to do three hours of racing and Hayden Wild because we got the Mel- Melbourne Cup to dissect, but we've also got Pukekohe. So we're going to go hammer and tong on the racing tomorrow. And after this, we'll start it. We'll start it early. We're going to catch up with Mark Chittick. He's the principal there, the stud master at Waikato Stud. And how about this? $10 million, the Golden Eagle. I wish I win. Bent knees as a foal to winning the second richest race in this part of the world. Pretty amazing story. Mark Chittick after this. Yeah, 17 minutes away from 9 o'clock, and we're going to catch up with Mark Chittick in just a wee bit. He reckons he's good for another cool boys. There you go, Neeps, if you want to give him another try. So we'll see if we can get through to him in just a second. Before we do that, Kempi, really exciting news we got to launch on the weekend, which I haven't told you about yet, so you're going to find out along with Desi and Kempi Farno, We've launched Quaddy Crush. This is one of the potentially most profitable bits of radio we've ever done at SCNZ. Here at SCNZ and with our good pals at the TAB, we're going to be starting a quaddy fund to coincide with the SCNZ Grand Tour with a massive 20k. So we're kicking in that. And we want 300 of you, and you, Kempi, if you want, to put in a $100 stake to give us a $50,000 pool 
for the Quaddy Crush, Crush members every Saturday between now and April 1st to punt from. So I'm going to be placing the bets on behalf of everybody involved, but I'll be sensible, obviously, gambling responsibly, and I'm going to try to get it up as high as I can. I'm also going to take so many suggestions and tips to make sure these Quaddies represent what everybody wants to back. We'll never wager more than 5% of the full pool. So we're never going to punt more than 5% of what we have because we want to make sure we get through all the way to the end of summer. How you get involved is you go to SENZ forward slash win or you go to the SENZ website, go to the win tab, put in your details and then make sure you have $100 in your TAB account, which they will take out automatically. So the TAB will take out the $100. You will be involved in the Quaddy Crush and as soon as we have 300 of you with your $100 in each and that 50k starting pool, we're going to be tackling quaddies all summer long, Kempi, and hopefully we give out a nice dividend to everyone involved at the end when we jag a couple of good ones. So, mate, you go and sort that out, mate. Get involved, all right? No, oh, well, for sure. Don't worry about that. It's, uh, I, did hear, I did hear that promotion on the weekend, Louie, on the good oil. So, um, yeah, well done. I think... Uh, your boys are going all right. Hey, just a, just a question. What about that uh, multi on the weekend? You you had a multi come in? Oh, we did, but we needed a chief to get up for a good divvy. Um, we ended up making a couple of hundred bucks, but we were we were close to making a couple of grand, which would have been a nice result. We didn't back this thing because it was after our show finished. I wish I win is starting to power into the race and quickly I wish I win at the 200 metres has shot to the front Gypsy Goddess along the rails Fangirl late on the scene I wish I win in front here's Fangirl the outside Fangirl goes to I wish I win who kicked and won I wish I win just from I guess the question begs have you got the Dom Perry on off the top of your ceiling yet Mark? Crikey, I've just about started yelling again listening to that, Louis. <laughs> <laughs> no, we, uh, yeah, we got the shower, we got the shower and the dom, but you know, well and truly deserve it, uh, deservedly so. And, and you know, like I'm just, oh, crikey, we're all, I'm certainly myself, I'm sort of going through the second, second massive wave of, of of disbelief that it actually it actually happened in the you know in the in the, in the second richest race in the world. It was bloody exciting, mate. It's um incredible, and the way he won, like, give us the give us the backstory. So you fold him down on Waikato Stud, and we've spoken about him before, but the photos resurfaced after Peter Moody's got him to win the ten million dollar race. His knees are no good, and and so you've raced him on because you do love your racing at the the, the farm there. And I mean, I guess no one could ever imagine he would turn into this sort of horse. No, that's for sure. You know, like uh, you know, she, she's a lovely mare. Make a wish. Unfortunately. Uh, we lost her at 16 years old about a month and a half ago in the folding paddock. She gave us a nice filly again, a Super Seth filly, and then unfortunately she um, hemorrhaged post folding. But going back, yeah, lovely, lovely family. I mean, it's a family that goes back, I, mean, I don't know, 40, 40 odd years um, for us back in the Palmerston North days. Um, yeah, through to through to make a wish. Lovely, lovely mare won a couple with her. Um, another dollar in one of her earlier Ocean Park foals was already a group winner. And we line up, um, you know, with a beautiful, beautiful Savabeel Colt that uh, goes and makes 1.4 million at um, at Caraca, um, bought by David Ellis and Tiakau. And then, uh, you know, then the next foal out of the mare is exactly the same cross, um, and born as a born as a Colt as well. Um, but yeah, it was evident from, you know, from the first. Just minute um, that we, you know, that, that he, we, him, he sort of had 
massive uh, massive leg problems as a, as a young foal, as a firstborn. Um, yeah, so, you know, like, you know, there's been a few interviews and things like that, but we did we did a little bit of sort of tried trying to correct it uh work sort of thing corrective work but to be honest it wasn't heading in the right direction so you know as one of the um articles in the and something has sort of said you know what did you do with your early intervention and i said i put them behind the hedge so no one could see them you know <laughs> <laughs> hey mark yeah. it's kempy mate congratulations um fantastic win on the weekend i uh i was just reading your comments mate just Mate, how important is it to have good people, you know, and just to recognise those people? Because that celebration and the way that you you handled those comments were first class. Yeah, well, thank you very much, Kempi. And, and you, you know, you're dead right. I mean, it's a, it is an incredible community uh, around this farm and, and, um, and everybody that's involved. And, you know, right at the moment, we're, we're right in the guts of it. You know, we had, there was six foals born last night and, uh, we've we've already bred, you know, five or six um, five or six uh, mares this morning, and we'll go close to fifteen. We'll go somewhere between fifteen and twenty just bred just on a day like today, you know. So it's full on, um, and we're worn out at this time of the year. But we we certainly um, had a very good reason not to get into bed too early on um, on uh, Saturday night. It's quite quite incredible. Our little um, hub that we that we're at, which we call the White Horse Inn. Where we partied long into the into the night is right beside our foaling paddock, and um, and so there's 50 mares in the foaling paddock there. We only had one we only had one on Saturday night, so they sort of looked after us. <laughs> they all held on to last night. We had six. <laughs> <laughs> that is inc- that's incredible intuition. Well done. Hey, um, look, what Vlandis has done with this prize money is it's really insane to be honest. And you've got yourself a nice slice of it. And Moods will absolutely love the commission there. Um, but there was a big charity element to this, wasn't there, Mark? Yeah, the, yeah. So as you say, um, Peter Vlandis and his whole team over there, the, the concepts that they've come up with are just quite incredible. You know, I mean, uh, Frankie Dettori, he said, you know, race like this at, at home, we're racing for £100,000, so why wouldn't I be here, you know? Um, but, yes, there is a there's charity element to it, and it was sort of quite interesting because um, I wasn't aware of how this whole thing works. So I did a bit of research on it middle of the week last week, and, yeah, the, I found out that um, I, I did some research to see whether this money, the opportunity could be offered offered to someone in New Zealand. Uh, which I thought was was very important, and um, I found that that was the case. Um, so I uh, would have liked to have, you know, given the opportunity to, um, you know, to children that are, let's say, you know, that have their, their have their challenges. So I went I went straight to the top first of all. It's the first phone call I made, and I went to Starship Hospital, and uh, finally made my way through to the person that, um, you know, that uh, looks after that side of things. Um, and uh, she took it. She, so that lady took it to their board and to their CEO. And unfortunately, unfortunately, guys, you know, the message came back that um, that Starship uh, sort of didn't want to or couldn't be involved in horse racing and, and gambling. So the opportunity there, and at that stage, we didn't know what sort of money it was going to involve. But obviously, it involves half a million dollars. Um, I would have loved to to have come back to New Zealand, and I would have loved it to have been um, to be to help children and. And families in unfortunate situations like that, but that wasn't able to be the case. Um, so then I sort of went to Make a Wish, New Zealand, and uh, I couldn't get that across the line as well. So when I say we ended up with muscular dystrophy in Australia, um, um, I went back to the AJC and the and 
they were my options. I, was, I, I had very little time. So I chose muscular dystrophy. And to be fair, you know, Moods, Moods just said there was, there was representatives there of these people that suffer from this condition. And he said, honestly, if you could have seen them in the birdcage, being involved in, uh, you know, in the winner of the Golden Eagle, um, he said it was absolutely priceless. How good. Well done, Mark. That's absolutely... Oh, I've got goosebumps. That's, that's mm. astounding, though. It's kind of gobsmacking. Um, I think you did the right thing, trying to get a bit of it back to New Zealand, mate. That's, um, yeah, it kind of kills me, really, that... It pains me that perception of racing and punting or whatever it is. I don't know. I'm sure. <laughs> I wonder if we'll learn a bit more about that. But uh, mate, the reality is, I wish I win. Has done a huge job for your farm. Incredible the stats you guys are pumping out at the moment, right in the middle of breeding season. Good of you to take the call this morning, and um, no doubt you'll sit down at five pm with a cold one tomorrow if you got the taste for it again <laughs> and enjoy can't, the Melbourne wait, Cup. Can't mate. wait to visit the. Can't, what was it called, Mark? The White Inn. The White Horse Inn, yeah, we've actually the White Horse Inn. I can't wait to visit it. Yes, yeah, now the Waikato Stud White Horse Inn, wishing well. <laughs> <laughs> ah, good. And oh, um, good. make sure you get we George on your shoulders, mate, and get him cleaning that ceiling because that dom. <laughs> yeah, well done. <laughs> okay, boys, thanks. Thanks for the call, eh? See you, Mark. Mark Chittick, Waikato Stud, Stud Master. He's a great bloke, Kempi. He cares about his team. Good boy. Good boy. Yep. Yep. Good man. And. Uh, yeah, you're right, Louis. It's a, it's pretty sad that we couldn't get that money across the line here in New Zealand just because of some attitudes that. Uh, oh, mate, didn't we talk about the Clydesdales? Yeah, I don't know what that's about, and I would like mm. to think there's a decent reason, but I don't know. It's pretty sad. Six and a half away from nine. Mark says, "Yes, boys, I'm in the quaddy crush. Let's go. No pressure, Louis. Mark." Love it. Get on board. 300 spots. They're going to go fast. Go to SENZ forward slash win and get involved. The Quaddy Crush is going to be huge. Six away from nine. We'll wrap it all up after this, Kimpy. Yeah, it's been a fun morning, Kimpy. And let's wrap it up with temper and sleep on it with Sammy. Sammy in for Smithy and for Ricardo. How are you going? Yeah. <laughs> off the uh, off the bench. It's, uh, yeah, no, what, it looks What number jersey are you wearing? 80? Uh, Nine, 23. 19. 19. 19. What, where's that come from? What's the significance of that? Oh, well, they retired it. <laughs> there you go. Don't retire the show, mate. Big show? Yeah, big show, big show. Look, um, really keen to open the lines after 9 o'clock. Talk some All Blacks, as I know uh, we weren't able to do that yesterday. And, we're, you know, 48 hours on, I like a little bit of uh, um, learned thinking and learned conversation as opposed to the emotional stuff we get uh, the immediate day after. But we're going to catch up with Shane Jurgensen, uh, the bowling coach of the Black Caps, after 10 o'clock, and also Brandy to talk uh, Rugby League World Cup. A little bit worried, Kempe. A little bit worried. Yeah, so am I, Sammy. Don't worry, got plenty to talk about on Wednesday. Running it straight. <laughs> <laughs> the boys are fired up already. Stay with their scenes right throughout the day. Sam Hewitt taking the bat in after this. Appreciate your time. We'll be back tomorrow. It's Ty Power's Big Footy final sale. To kick things off, you can get the power to buy three and get one free on selected Toyo passenger car and SUV tyres. Ty Power's Big Footy final sale can't last. Visit typower.com.au now.